Welcome back to the Noblecore Podcast. We are your hosts, John the Chief and The Grunt. And today we've got some awesome stuff to talk about. But first, we're going to go up to uh, cover some news on Right Off the Drop Pod. Yeah, just some quick news. You know, Halo Point of Light released earlier this month. Um, it's a book by Kelly Gay, who I met in Halo Outpost, and she's amazing. Um, but it's a sequel to Halo Renegades, which follows Ryan Forge, who's the daughter of uh, Sergeant Forge from Halo Wars, and uh, Spark for three for three guilty Spark. Um, and it continues that, you know, it's a brilliant book. I'm not going to talk about spoilers here. That's something we can do later. Um, but if you guys haven't listened to it on Audible or anything or read it, guys, it's uh, it's going to definitely lead into a lot of plot threads of Halo Infinite, I think. Maybe not necessarily launch Halo Infinite's launch campaign, but I think down the road it's going to be very, very important. And it does show off a lot of cool things about, like, Zeta Halo and stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely check that out if you guys haven't yet. I do have a quick question about that. Um, people who are not super into audible or super into books, to be honest, like me, uh, how long is that book? Um, for the audible that I listen to, it is nine hours. Um, That's not bad. it's not, it's actually pretty short and it is narrated by guilty spark himself, the voice actor for guilty spark. Um, and he does a really good job. It's not, and it, whenever he's narrating as spark, he sounds just like guilty spark. I mean, obviously, but yeah. He does really, really good without any of the voice effects or anything from the games. And then, of course, he does other voices for the other characters. And it just, he made the experience fantastic. You guys probably won't even notice it's nine hours. I just listened to it while I was playing Halo and stuff. And it's it's really good. I'm going to listen to it again before launch as well. It's really, really good. Dude, that's really good. I definitely need to take a look at it. I'll have to see if Ryan will let me borrow her, her Audible, since she's already paying for that, <laughs> uh, just so I can listen to it or however it works. Either way, I'm going to listen to it yeah absolutely definitely listen to it or at the very least wait for halo cannons uh coverage on it because i know he's really good um at covering the books in good detail while explaining what's going on and he has visuals which is nice um that would yeah <laughs> absolutely it's a great book it came out this month it's it definitely like revives a lot of hype for halo infinite right now so it's oh it's so good i can't even i can't even start awesome dude and one thing i do want to talk about is oh, that yeah? Game Pass is fucking insane. Dude. So, as everybody knows, Xbox has fully acquired Bethesda, and that is some big dick energy there. That, that is, is big dick big energy. Dick energy. Big green man, big space green man, shotgun wielding, big dick energy. Big dick energy. Um, so, you know, that is honestly what i would say a power move like xbox just <laughs> did a very big power move um because not only do we have doom uh part of the the xbox I, ecosystem I, I, I like calling it the um the mcu <laughs> because the uh, oh. oh mgu my bad mgu it's microsoft gaming universe <laughs> bro we gotta make that a thing absolutely that's that's a new tweet hashtag there we go new hashtag mgu <laughs> <laughs> gaming universe yeah i i think it's catchy um, I think it's cool not to be confused with um marvel gaming universe but you know uh new hashtag there uh but you know they've got skyrim on there they they're either adding wolfenstein which um i remember talking to tj like that's something i do want to play so the fact that they're adding it on so- there i'm already paying monthly for it it's worth it it's so worth it i don't need to go out and buy the game like it's just right there ready to go and since that's owned by xbox you don't really have to expect it to go anywhere like it's gonna be there free to play and 
absolutely love that. Um, and who could forget about xCloud? Obviously, I'm a huge geek for xCloud, but now you can play Doom on, on the go? What? Yeah, you can play those Doom <laughs> games on the go now. You could play Eternal on the go before. Now you can play all of them. You can play Wolfenstein. Um, Skyrim. With, yeah, I, I mean... God, what can't you play Skyrim on at this point? <laughs> That's true. You can but play also, that in VR now. Also, Fallout 4. Fallout mm. 4 was amazing. And Fallout New Vegas for Mean Mind. And yeah. New Vegas. There you go, Mean Mind. Go follow him, please. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Go follow him. Um, he's at Mean Mind 343. Uh, he's fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest biggest thing, too, the news that came out, which I really appreciate with, with this Game Pass news, um, is they're also doing the little uh, frame rate boosts for a lot of games. And they just came out for for Prey. And Fallout 4. And Fallout 4, uh, which really needed it. Oh, my God. I, I replayed Fallout 4 just a little bit. And, my God, it was, we were in 20, 20 frames at that point. Um, it, was, it was scary. But for me, like, Prey's biggest issue was its frame rate because it made me dizzy really bad. But playing it with the new frame rate, and it's also got other upgrades as well. Um, Prey is one of the most underrated games ever. Like it is more underrated than Titanfall Two, which a lot of people say is pretty overrated. Um, so if you haven't, now's the perfect time to play Prey. It is literally uh, profession. It's literally Bioshock in space, uh, but I think it's a bit better than Bioshock. I um, had a lot of friends just absolutely love Bioshock. Isn't that also owned by Beth- Bethesda? Uh, no, that's owned by, uh, I know they're made by 2K. I actually can't remember who they're owned by right now. I think it's 2K, but I could be wrong. I wish they were owned by Bethesda. That'd be awesome. That would be absolutely tight. Um, I haven't personally played it. Um, not that I've had too much interest if I'm being honest. Uh, but I had a lot of friends that played it and absolutely loved it. Uh, really good story behind it from what I've seen. Uh, interesting looking gameplay just um i don't know like i'm not i I guess i'm not looking to buy it but i mean if it was on game pass i mean if it is maybe i'll download it but i mean you're not you're not missing much from not playing the first two i know i'm going to hell for saying that i'm going to get fucking ratio to shit for saying that about the first game i think the first game is fucking boring for the most part though it's got a cool story reveal but bioshock infinite that's now that's a fun fucking game that's a good fucking game i heard infinite was pretty good the trailer looked menacing i love the trailer a lot of people say it's not as good as the others but i fully disagree i think the gameplay is the best i think the story is the best um you i think you would like it you wouldn't like the other ones i don't think you wouldn't like the first one you would get bored the second one has better gameplay but the story is incredibly meh and then bioshock makes the it does the balance. It's got your awesome gameplay and it's got your good story. So it's so, I feel like nowadays it's so tricky to find that good balance because obviously you don't want to add too many gameplay mechanics where it's like, Oh, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing really. Or like, you know, get confusing or just, you know, you forget about certain elements. Um, also like you don't want a weak story because then your game's not going to get funded very well. Yeah. You know, what game has a good uh, mix of those though. A good mix of good story and good gameplay. I, I want you to answer it, but what is it? <laughs> Doom. Yes. The yes. Doom Eternal and the Ancient Gods, and at 2016 as well. So I'm assuming uh, TJ is going to put a little clever title here. Um, but if you don't know what this podcast is about, uh, at least this specific episode, uh, you're in for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> you're in for a hellish ride. A uh, hell of a ride, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be jumping into that in a few minutes. Absolutely. I'm excited. But yeah, uh, so really quick, we're going to be kind of going over, um, you know, catching up with 
what the Noble Corps has been doing. Uh, obviously, our schedule has gone to the wall. So we, we, not we, recording. We, yeah, yep, not <laughs> recording. We've meant to be recording. Um, I actually was kind of getting a schedule set up for um, for uh, live streaming. There we go. That's the word. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, life is life. And my God, life. <laughs> my uh, life. Yeah, life has been crazy. Like, it's not been bad crazy. It's just been like crazy crazy you know <laughs> like, I mean, just, that's good yeah just great crazy most people that i talk to that know you um they know you as a very busy person so uh, i definitely i definitely get that i haven't always been super busy but it's been insane how busy i am and then i'm like oh i'm finally getting a slowing down patch like i can finally do a certain thing and finally get to it and then all of a sudden just stuff picks up and i'm like why am i busy all of a sudden right and it's actually funny we're actually recording this on a sunday um, afternoon because we usually record on Thursdays, but we had some stuff come out this week that you know may, may or may not be really related to the new Doom game. Um, that kind of made us push it back a little bit. <laughs> More so, I definitely needed you to play it, but obviously yeah. you were going to play it by uh, even without me begging because uh, well, you're yeah. the one that got me into Doom. Uh, but. Uh, I actually had the day off when it dropped, and so I was actually able to completely play it and absolutely enjoyed it. I literally spent all day playing it and had no chore, no chores. Like girlfriend's like, "Oh yeah, I can handle everything. Like just hang out." And I'm like, "Sweet, play some games." Played yeah. games from literally like two p.m. all the way up to about eleven at p.m. Yeah. So oh like yeah. Literally all day. So had had a good time playing it, and um, in the midst of it, I was texting TJ, and I was like, "Dude, we got to delay the podcast." <laughs> yeah, you've got to play this. Well, it's funny because um, obviously, you know, the Ancient Gods Part Two, the trailer, the extra trailer came out Wednesday, and then they the game was coming out the next day, which was such a fucking big dick move. Like, I can't even like what power. Like it's just ridiculous how awesome that was. That was such hype. That's the reference. What a power glove. <laughs> what what a power glove, right? Yeah. What a blood punch. Um, the blood punch. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that's what a bunch punch. But yeah, I had heard rumors because they we had the artwork come out the week before, and then we were getting a trailer for the trailer on Monday, which we thought was actually going to be the trailer. Um, but there was rumors. I guess there was leaks or something. I didn't know info had linked, but there was rumors like, oh hey, the the game might be coming out f- uh, Thursday. And I was like, oh, that's like, not possible. that's not likely. But I, I was like, well, you know, maybe just in case I'll request half a day at work. Um, so I request a half the day. I was going to get off at 2 p.m. just in case, you know, and if not, I, you know, I could get ready for a podcast episode. Um, but, yeah, that trailer comes out Wednesday and it's announced tomorrow. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm hyped. I got the day off. You know, I got that hours off. Log in the next morning and then they uh they canceled my time off because they needed me there, which pissed me off. I was pretty not happy, but I was pretty sad too. Cause everybody was playing it. And I was like, Oh, especially me texting. You didn't help. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, you son of a bitch. I hate you. I, guess, I was like, I guess that's revenge for the series X. Cause you're like, this thing's great. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It, it is good payback. Um, <laughs> it's good payback. Um, I think mine was a lot worse though. Like uh, me playing the Xbox for like a month versus you just playing the game for a day. Ooh, I don't know though, because doom's like one of your favorite games. So that's I, true. I, I think it's pretty even. That's true. I do have a fucking doom shrine right in front of me here. Dude. So I haven't been over to your new place. I want to talk about this real quick. If that's cool, please. Yeah, no, let's yeah. Jump into it. I haven't been to your new place at all. Obviously we're trying to be safe with COVID. Um, 
uh, for you guys don't who still don't know or already know this, uh, we are still recording remotely. We're not um, like our first. I'm going to say five episodes we recorded in the same room. Uh, now we are just totally, obviously not in the same room. That's it's been like that for about a year, oh, over a year. Wow. Um, yeah. So, uh, my birthday came up. So, uh, we were planning on hanging out. I got kind of mixed up. I was like, wait, wait, did you guys mean today? Like, what do you mean? And and then it just ended up being that day. So we're just like, okay, we'll go over. So we went over, um, played some games and it was, it was fun, but I've got to tell you. So I love my collection, but holy fuck. TJ's collection is absolutely (laughs) insane. You've got to get pictures of your room, dude, and post them. Like it's totally insane. So impressive. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I've updated a bit. It's actually funny because I actually never go on Instagram, like ever. But um, so Green Skull, I don't, I don't know if you know who Green Skull is. Of course, yeah. Yeah, you know Green Skull. So he does this show called Happy Monday, right? Um, and every Monday he comes out with an episode. But at the end of it, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, let's do a thing with the community where, where you go on Twitter, you put a hashtag and you either show something. Um, and it's a very like every week. It's a specific thing like, oh, show me your collection or what are your thoughts on this? Or post pictures to Instagram with this hashtag. And this is like last week's Mondays was, um, you know, show off your, your computer, your, like your gaming and computer setup and stuff. Yeah. So absolutely. what I did is I took advantage of that and I pretty much showed off my whole game room in, uh, in the, uh, in the picture. So I showed off it and I put the Hell halo yeah. on my work stuff. So, uh, you guys can k- take a look at that on Instagram. If you like, I, it's fucking crazy, but yeah, I, I uh, have to take a look then. I, I, I never use Instagram. Neither I do I. Last time I posted was when I went to Disney. That was yeah. around Halo Outpost. So um, that was two years ago, at least. Yeah, almost two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I never use. I don't even know really how to use it. But I thought I'd share that because I just thought it was cool. Um, but yeah, I even you know I got like this Doom sign that lights up is kind of my lamp in the room. It's like hanging on the wall. It's a Doom logo and. It's there's a light behind it, so it glows and it's got like this cool effect. But I put my pop figure and my Doom shot glass on top of it now, so it just looks cool. That is pretty sweet. But yeah, I am a big fucking Doom fanboy. Like, I didn't get, I couldn't really give less of a shit of Doom before 2016, and then 2016 came out, and now I'm like obsessed <laughs> to the point where you're like, I might get a Doom helmet. <laughs> no, dead ass. Like before the podcast, I was like, man, I kind of want that Doom helmet. So now I'm looking at one right now. Literally, it's on my other page for $325 for the whole like collector's edition. I'm like, I'm going to ask my wife if I can buy that after this. <laughs> she's she's going to get ta- yeah, she's going to go full t- uh, a tattoo slave with her with her stim. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I, I want this helmet. <laughs> actually, with my stimulus check, I'm going to be taking a look at some cars. Uh, this is actually a perfect podcast topic. Um, so I did a little bit of research and I was like, I wonder what the Halo Warthog was inspired by. So I went ahead and Googled it. Um, Now, I don't know if this is true. Uh, Not that I'm on Twitter very much, but if you guys could tweet at me and I guess make suggestions on what cars look close to the Warthog, I would appreciate it because I definitely want a Warthog. (laughs) Cybertruck, bro. The (laughs) Cybertruck. Within my money (laughs) range. I I, you didn't specify. Car. I just <laughs> God I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Um uh but what I looked up was and they said it was uh inspired by the Nissan Patrol. Really? Uh, the Nissan 
Nissan yeah, you got to look it up. You know what? Let this be a moment for everyone to look up the Nissan Patrol. Nissan Patrol. Oh, you know what? I can see it, dude. I can see it. I see it, but also not at the same time. I I didn't know what year it was inspired off of, so I did 1999 because I think that's when Halo was starting development. Yeah. And so um, I believe that – I don't think the 1999 – okay, actually, I take that back. This one's kind of got the body of it. Yeah, it's got a similar body for sure. Um, just kind of a similar silhouette-ish, you know? Yes, definitely. But you can easily, like, you oh, can... The yeah. tires, dude. Look at the tires. Oh, certainly. Yeah, oh, certainly. certainly. So I think I'm going to try to get a, uh, a Nissan that looks like a Warthog, because I think that'd be fun. Um, I, I'm currently driving a smaller car. Um, it's a Pontiac. It's uh, it's fine. Yeah. It's not the greatest. It's also not in the greatest condition. Oof. Uh, so I definitely want to... Get something newer. Um, yeah, yeah. Apply a loan through the bank and try to get a new vehicle. And I was like, for a couple of weeks now, I've been like, what should I get? What should I get? What should I get? And I'm like, huh, I'd actually like to get a car and name it the official, like have it be my official Warthog. And I was like, that'd be fun. And get all, all decked out and um, look, make it look all Halo themed. And I was like, yeah, I should totally do that. So I think I'm going to be searching for uh, a Nissan Patrol. Dude, you should do it. I think that's awesome. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and we'll like uh, we gotta deck it out with like you know the little license plates, but you know my other cars, my other cars are Warhog, yes, my <laughs> other cars are Warhog and stuff like that. We'll put like uh, uh, like I don't know, like vinyl on it or something to make it look more Halo-y. Oh, dude, I would love to do um just my Spartan symbol for the back window. Ooh, yes, that absolutely. would that would absolutely kill me. That would kill you. I would kill you. What? <laughs> I get you're the Slayer, but that gives you no right. <laughs> Bet. Oh man! You know it. I have so much to live for. So much to live for. <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, my goodness, dude, it has been a crazy fucking week worth of a uh, doom hype. Like that just came out of pretty much nowhere. Because you know, I figured you know we got the the, the sweetest fuck cover art, like the coolest cover art. This straight up inspired by Avengers Endgame. Nobody's hiding the fact. Even in the game, nobody's hiding the fact. Like, yeah, nobody. And the Doom is Doom has always done that too. They've always just taken popular sci-fi or popular culture and Doomified it and made it their own, which they've done since the very first game. Which I just, just love that they're doing here. Excellent job on it. The, when I saw that scene, I was like, ah, end game. Yep. Oh, straight up, it's straight up end game. Um, it actually gives me more pumped than Endgame, but I think that's more because of the music and the fact that you're you actually get to control your character. Um, I'm the same way. I think maybe that's why I can't sit down and watch movies because I'm like yeah. I'm so fidgety, and I'm just like yeah. I can't just do it. But then like if I'm playing games and like it just even if it's not that cool of a badass scene, like it feels way more badass because I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm about to jump in there. Yeah, that's why I'm like having a hard time getting started with that new Justice League movie. I want to see it, but it's four hours, and I'm like. Oh, that's gonna be a long one. I've been hearing mixed reviews where people are like, "Oh yeah, it's really good," but also hearing people, it's like, "I could have gone without seeing it." Dude, as long as it's better than the piece of shit that we got a couple years ago, I'm fine with it. So, um, but yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just kind of one of those examples where I could, (laughs) which will lead into kind of like how I was playing it, where I could play a video game for twice the amount of time as the four hour movie and not even be affected. Um. Which is funny. So, yeah, of course, the day comes out. I'm working. I get off work and I'm tired um, from work just because it was kind of a busy day. And I tried to get off early anyways, but I couldn't just because it was so busy. Um, and then you texted me because we decided 
because I was thinking, I'm like, oh, well, we can still do a podcast and we'll just kind of bring it up. We'll do other recordings or whatever. We'll just talk about other things. And I guess you finish it and you're like, uh-uh, uh-uh, you, you, you need to play this game. We are delaying it until you finish the game. And I'm like, oh, shit, something happened. Yeah. Something happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, uh, we, uh, I have to vacuum my ceiling. We can't record. You got to play this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. I was like, okay, so, um, this must be like a big game. I mean, if you're telling me to delay the podcast for it, you know, it's a big, big it's a big deal. Doomer. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like for somebody. Yeah. I just think it's like, Oh shit. Okay. Um, but you know, I, I kind of take my time. I, you know, <laughs> I run to the store. I go pick up like a couple of sushi from, uh, from Harmon's and stuff. Cause I'm hungry and yeah. stuff. And I, I grab a couple of, uh, like power raids and stuff. Some, some mind drinks. Cause I know how doom can just like, really stress you out and really uh when you get tired and fatigued you just suck balls at the game you suck at the game um so i kind of you know i got prepared with all of that stuff i finally sit down to play it at around eight around eight i think yeah um yeah i got my drinks and everything it's stark outside so there's no glare on the tv or anything and i'm like okay i'm ready and i played it from um 8 p.m to night or to 6 a.m yeah, you were right. up. You were up. <laughs> yeah, from eight. Uh, yeah, eight p.m. to six a.m. straight. With um, there's only a thirty minute break that I took outside of like you know five minute like pee breaks or whatever. Um, I just take to eat some food real quick. And you know, um, and I still didn't beat it. I didn't beat it. I was on the final part of the final boss, but I could not beat him. And I tried him for an hour and a half before I gave up. I didn't give up. I was just like, I'm so tired. Like I can't function. You you so, need to be attentive for that yeah, game. That final boss, you, you like you have to be on your A game. Uh, so you know, I sleep, you know, go to sleep, come back, and I beat him in the first no, my in two tries when I come back. Um, beat the game on Friday, um, and have my mind collectively blown and my heart completely shattered because I was like, holy fuck, that was insane. I don't know if you'll be impressed or not, but I actually didn't die from the boss. What? Oh my I, god, you I didn't god. die. You were I was god. He got his health refilled a lot. There was a lot of times where I almost died, but I didn't. Yeah. And I was like, how? <gasps> yeah, yeah. I I think a lot of the times that I died was just because I was so tired that I I do something stupid, I fuck up. I died from the zombies a couple times. Oh, just because I wasn't paying attention. Um and I missed them. Um But yeah, and I, and I started the fight on Nightmare. Uh because I started the game on Nightmare, and then I was like, this is too much. I, I want to get it done so I don't get it spoiled. So I go down to Ultra Violence. Um, I think it's Ultra Violence, which is hard mode. That's which is I had a a fucking, it's it's a big challenge. Like it's a hard challenge. It's a hard game. Um, but I started the final boss in Nightmare because I'm like, you know, I want to do this the right way. Uh, Thirty minutes in, I'm like, no, I can't even get past this first part. Like, um, because I'm still trying to learn the mechanics and I'm tired at that point. It's already four a.m. Um, so I dropped it down and then I'm going to be playing the final boss. Well, I've actually gone back and I've beat the final boss in Nightmare. Um, I did that Friday night, and then I'm replaying the game on Nightmare right now uh, for the review that I'm going to be doing on the game. So, um, so that's kind of like my experience playing it, uh, playing through the game without jumping into spoilers or anything. Um, and I know you had it too much. <laughs> no, nah, dude. Honestly, the trailer itself gives away so many like story spoilers, just because you know Doom's story isn't like the most deep thing in the world. (laughs) 
and they showed off a lot of this stuff. Obviously, not the ending of the game, but um, God, dude, I it, it was God so good. I I had a smile on my face the entire time. I never got like frustrated, despite like the fact that I died like five hundred times. I never got frustrated to the point of like I want to quit or I'm not having fun. Like I got frustrated, but it was like the fun kind of frustrations where you're like, I'm going to kill this motherfucking green demon. You're totally (laughs) right. Every time you die, you're like, I fucked up. Yeah. Every time I swear to God, without failure, every time I die, I'm like, I know exactly where I fucked up there and I'm a fucking idiot. and I hate myself. (laughs) Sometimes like you're staying in one area for too much. Like that's, that's the problem with me. I stay in one concentrated section and Uh that's not what you're supposed to do. You need to run away and try to kill off the stragglers to get health. And that's yeah. what you're fucking up on. Yeah, for me, like moving around is never a problem. I'm always constantly moving. I'm never in the same place. My biggest issue is that when it gets too crazy, I get sometimes I stress myself out and then I fuck up with the button combos. And then I dash into like those yellow shield guys and I try to shoot him with the rock launcher and kill myself because I hit his shield or something. It's just parts where I get where I get a little too stressed and then I fuck myself up because of it. Um and then sometimes I'll see a glory kill across the field, like a, a cackle demon sitting there ready to be glory killed, and I'll ignore everything else and try to go glory kill it, and I die because of it. A moment of weakness. <laughs> but yeah, that's those are when I die a lot, which is a lot, by the way. Um, I'm curious, what's your two main weapon weapon combos? Dude, that's the thing. That's the thing about this DLC. Is it completely fucked up the way that I play the game? <laughs> Usually it's the uh, Super Shotgun and Ballista, um, but this game, um, this DLC, the way, and I also part one of Ancient Gods did this too, but it changes up the way that you use your combos and the way different ways you use different gun mods. This is the first time I've really played it to where I'm constantly shifting gun mods. So I'd say the most, the thing I use the most is probably the auto shotgun, um, the hammer and the, uh, the minigun and the, uh, uh, the plasma weapon plasma rifle yeah yeah i think for me it's still like the super shotgun um i still use the ballista a lot yeah they're still like my main two but um one weapon that i did not care for uh, at least the part of it was the uh the plasma gun where really I thought it was fun. I liked using the one where it'd shoot up, not it'd like do a burst, and then after getting your three things filled up, it'd do red bullets. Yep, that's what I typically use for the most that's, part as well. Yep, that's what I used. Um, and it starts making you use the uh, microwave beam. Yeah, Wait, it does. It makes you use it, and I like I was like, that's what I love about this DLC is it's making you use weapon mods that you didn't care about. Like, exactly. instance, like the scope mod on the assault rifle. Like I didn't fucking use that. That's still the only gun mod I never use. Like there was a couple of things that I'm like, yeah, you need to use that to take these yeah. things down. Um, and they did an excellent job at that, but I didn't yeah. realize how fucking OP that microwave beam is. It is. You can, you can get them down to at least half health. If you're, th- if your microwave beams, full you can kill one of the hardest enemies with that microwave beam and it's great yeah absolutely like for example if you charge up the uh if you're finding the doom hunter with the blue shield um and you do a lot of damage to him but it keeps refilling his shield eventually you'll get to the point where you can just microwave him and then kill him with killing the shield at the same time um 
which I really love about both ancient gods is because you, your Doom Eternal, that's when you master your play style. The ancient gods ones, it mixes up, it throws you with different things you got to do. And then the ancient gods part two, it does that even further and then introduces new mechanics such as the hammer um, to make a completely different play style from before. And now I can't play Doom Eternal without using all of the weapon mods now. Like, I yeah. literally can't. Like, I, it's completely different than when I played a, week, a year ago. Although one gun that I don't use is the um, the Unmaker. I don't use that. Um, You should. <laughs> you should, because why. it actually does more damage than the BFG. Really? Um, of I course, over why. a longer period of time. It just makes it feel like I'm cutting through paper. <laughs> like, I think it is cool, but I'm also like, I wish it was a little more flashy. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. For me, it's... Because I never use the really the BFGR that too much. I always save my ammo, but I always use the Unmaker with the uh, oh, what's the, what's that demon's name? I can't think of it. It's the guy who raises the flames and it turns everybody possessed. Oh, Archville. Uh, yeah, the Arch, Arch, Arch yeah, the Archville or Archvile. I don't know how you pronounce it, but I always use the Unmaker in there for three seconds. I count to three with it, then I blood punch, and then I finish him. Every time, and it works like a charm. Oh, uh, be sure to um, do a l- shoot a little more ammo at him, then blood punch him to kill him. Because there's a there's a like a challenge out this week. Oh, is there? Yes. Cool. I'm so gonna be do sure it. to do that. Um, another thing uh, that I used was I would use the shotgun and rocket launcher mod for him. Yeah. And then um, as soon as like I see more red on him, I actually switch to the microwave beam, finish him off. Yeah. Stupid good combo. Dude, it's that's a good combo there. That's that's one that I used to use a lot as well before I kind of got to the part where I was like, fuck this guy, I don't wanna I don't want to deal with him. Dude, there was one um Slayer Gate that had three of them. Three fucking archbills. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was good. like I was like, I hate this. I'm dying so much. Those yeah. are the one like demons that I have such an issue with. That was the one time that I actually used the BFG because you can shoot it down the middle and it'll do damage to all of them and then hit the main one and pretty much kill that guy. Yeah, that was uh, that was a bitch. <laughs> those those challenges are hard, Dude, bro. They're so hard. And what's funny is like the reason why I told you to keep, to use that BFG is because I kept forgetting to use it. Yeah. So like, I would complete it and then I'm like, then I look at my weapon wheel and I'm like, yeah, there's the BFG. Or you die, and you're like, oh, I could use the BFG. Fuck. Yeah, so whenever I'm at the last moment, and I know I'm close to the end, I'm like, fuck it. BFG ammo. The BFG. Yeah, it's that's a lifesaver for sure. Um, God, I fucking love it. Um, I, I mean, at this point, I've already mastered, the, you know, the chainsaw, the the fire, and then the, uh, um, obviously, the glory kills. But one thing this game really had me do, which I kind of started to do in part one with the... Uh, was use the, the uh, freeze grenade a lot more. Yeah. Now it's like I constantly switch. I shoot that, then I shoot my two grenades almost all the time. I do it as much as I shoot. I'm constantly shooting those off. And then the one gun mod that I use most often in this, then and then I never used up until this, even in part one, is the auto shotgun mod. I, I never realized how useful it was. Dude, so, you know, there's that new enemy. It's got the, um, it's like the mecha... Um, I can't think of it. The what is the name? It's a brand here. Hold on, let me look it up. Um, I'll explain it. Uh, it's the really big demon. I can't think of the name right now. He's got the. It's like the mecha, and you have to shoot the uh, your plasma rifle, or you shoot his little ball. 
that he throws at you. Oh, um, oh the one with the mace? Yeah, the mace. Oh, I can't remember his name either. I'm I'm pulling up uh the name. I don't know why. I'm usually right on the t- I'm right off the top with these names here. Um Oh my god, it's Baron of Hell. So the Baron of Hell, the oh, Bank of Baron of Hell. God, I'm an idiot. Um, so those guys, so what I would do is I would either wait for that mace to glow green like he does the eye flash. I shoot that blow off his armor, instantly use the hammer, stun him, pull out my auto shotgun and just fucking hit him in the face and then just freeze him with my freezeway as soon as he starts to move and then he dies instantly. Very. I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't let that bastard move. I would kill that bastard before anybody else. Holy shit, you and I play so different, dude. I, that's my favorite thing about Doom Eternal. Because, Everybody plays different. Um, so what I do is I, I obviously shoot his arm, explode the armor, because that's the easiest way to do it. Yeah, I agreed. And then what I do is I use the ballista and the microwave beam. Ooh, that's a good combo. Yes, because um, I just shoot the ballista. Um, I think I'd use the ballista and the rocket launcher together. So I'd yeah. switch between those two, just sh- constantly hitting him. As soon as he's glowing real red, switch to the microwave beam before he could recharge his armor. Gone. That's really smart. That's really good. Yeah, one thing... Um, so one thing which I think is funny is not a lot of people talk about this is some of the armor mods that you use. And I think a lot of people forget about those. But the main one, one of the main ones that I use, which I think makes the game 100% easier to play, um, is there's the mod. I can't remember what exactly what it's called, but it allows you to maneuver in the air, in midair, a lot faster, a lot easier. So it gives you a ton of freedom. So what I'll do when I'm, instead of just standing still and just shooting him in the head, what I'll do is I'll jump in the air and move le- like straight left to right as I'm in the air and like double jump and then dash and then dash as I'm doing it and just keeping it focused on the head the entire time. Because the head does most damage, at least from what I understand. That was the case in Doom 2016, so I just assume it's the same in this game. It does more damage on the head. Um, which makes sense. But yeah, that's what I typically do with a lot of these demons here. It's great for the cyber demons, or, or sorry, tyrants. And really, it's great for everything. It's great for crowd control. It's great for, uh, obviously, it's like the main weapon you use with the stone imps. As they like roll at you, that's the best way to kill those. Um, dude, I they weren't super hard, but they are annoying. Yeah, they are. It's like that's the thing about some of the newer demons; they're not necessarily super hard, but they are blockers, and they are hard to kind of deal with because they move so fast. The I didn't necessarily agree. People uh, saying like they were dumb or like they're not that good of an enemy. I'm like the reason why I like them is um the same reason why I like the shield guys. Even though I fucking hate them, it's meant to throw off your flow. Yeah, exactly. It's meant to fuck you up. So you gotta you gotta keep that in mind. And one criticism I have seen, which I actually disagree with, is the new chain gunners with the yellow shields, because you can't like shoot the yellow shields with a plasma gun and have them explode. They're invulnerable. Um, they say they're too easy because they don't like have hit scan, which is basically as soon as they fire, they hit you. That's a hit scan instead of a p- projectile, which you can dodge. Yeah. Um, and they say they're not hard enough, but I'm not gonna lie, dude. They were responsible for my deaths more time, like more times than I want to admit. I didn't have too many deaths by them. However, I did really like uh, them throwing me off as well because obviously, like you're used to the the normal dudes, so you're just hitting their shields because uh, yeah. you're like it's eventually going to break. But you could literally hit them in the face with a rocket launcher, and it's not going to do anything. You need to land hits behind them, and yeah. I think that's really nice because um, 
as you're learning to be super precise, you're going to get used to hit trying to hit bodies, but that's definitely going to throw it off because you need to learn how to hit behind them. Yeah, you got to learn. So what I use, and I think most people use, is the auto-detonation rocket launcher mod. I actually you shoot that. behind them. Yeah, and it glows blue as soon as they're in a good spot. So you go right past and blow them up from behind. Um, but I fucked that up a lot because sometimes they get too close and I'd hit them on the shield by accident and the explosion would kill me. Um, or I would dash, I'd be trying to dash around enemies, then I'd run into their shield, and I wouldn't be looking at them, so I was dashing into somebody, and then they would just unload on me and kill me. Uh, one thing that I would use is um, just the normal rocket launcher mod. I would jump, and I would um, dash as I shoot at the same time, so it kills them, but it takes me away from the damage. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And then, of course, I mean, you could do chainsaws on... I think you can do chainsaws on them. I know you can with the stone imps and glory kills and stuff. So it's not like they're invulnerable if you don't use the specific things. But uh, there's definitely specific ways to to take care of demons, and I love that. I also love that when you get a couple of stone imps, even if you're running low on your your double barrel shotgun, just pull out your uh, full full auto shotgun and just shoot a bunch of them. They'll drop the shotgun ammo, and you're boom, you're good to go. You know what's interesting is I didn't really use the double the super shotgun as much, nearly as much as I used to. Um, I use it a lot for like high damage when I'm, especially against like the the spider guys. I can't remember their name at the moment. Um, but yeah, I I'd mostly use that to attach to like a caco demon and get me out of a scenario or something. Um, then shoot and then switch to my auto shotgun and finish them off, which was really interesting because I'm usually like always have that equipped as my main i love shooting the grenades in their mouth yeah that's my favorite too that but that fucked me up a lot now because the ai is so smart um they will actually jump in the way of your grenade bullets now um i've had several kamikaze as i'm shooting at it and an imp will jump in front of it and stick the imp um and then i'll get fucked up yep it and I don't know, It's I, it can't be a coincidence because it happened all the time. <laughs> well, that or I just suck. Um, so they would do that a lot, or they'd, uh, the, what it's the, the demon that'll shoot the electronic or the, the blue shields up in front of you, they would always protect those damn caco uh, demons from those grenades. They pissed me off a lot. I was like, I'm going to fucking kill every single one. Yeah, I killed them first. I killed them first. Uh, that's the thing. I move so fast that sometimes it's kind of hard to tell what's on the, the screen. Like what enemies are where, but when as soon as I see that shield, I follow the trail. Like where are you? <laughs> right. I hate it when they go behind beams. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna go around this. Right. Yeah. I mean, speaking of like, like looking for a specific demon and sawing that motherfucker out. Those green, um, those green bastards. Those green. Uh, uh, the, the, I call. I don't think they're called cursed imps, but that's basically what they are because yeah, they're pretty weak. It's not an imp, it's something else. Um, I can't think of the name at the moment, but the cursed demons, the green demons. So if they hit you, your bullets are uh, they your bolts don't do shit, you lose your dash, and you have to follow them. You gotta find them, you gotta follow them around as they teleport, and you have to blood punch them. You can't just punch them, you gotta use blood punch. And if you don't have a blood punch, you're fucked. And I found myself in that scenario a lot. Dude, right? there's one time where I was stuck in that situation. I had to just keep running around shooting people with just my shotgun and then get a couple of glory kills and then finally i found him and blood punched him and i was like finally yeah it's yeah he was responsible for a lot of deaths but i never found him like unbalanced or unfair because he would only get me if i wasn't paying attention because you can dodge his bullets and if you see him he's not the f- quickest enemy 
when you're regular, you know, when you're normally doing it. So if you could saw him out and cause he glows green, he's pretty easy to spot compared to all the, the, you know, the red and gray demons. Um, you find him first, you kill that motherfucker before you do anything else. I don't care if there's like two tyrants on there or even a, a Dude, possessed demon. Imagine like, dealing that with that fucker. and then having a marauder. Oh, I've yeah, they do that. They throw that shit at you. <laughs> and they had another double marauder fight, which was way was harder it? than the one in, yeah in part one on the Amora level. There's a part to where oh, there's yeah. a bunch of the, yeah, the purple yeah, yeah. demons there. So if you kill a purple uh, zombie, it'll make him go berserk. That was that was. I mean, I didn't die at the part, but it was a lot harder than the part in part one. Way over time. Them. Yeah, they were doing a fuck ton of damage to me, and I'm like, and what sucks is it's it's a needed kill. You have to you have to kill those things for health. Yeah, you do. Um, so you, they they have like a couple purple ones and a couple of regular zombies, but I can't go my my usual full ham because I you know I shoot a grenade at the ground and it'll explode behind the uh, marauders and hurt them. Um. I couldn't do that as much because they were always next to the purple zombies. So if I really wanted to get fucked, I'd do that, kill the zombie, do some damage, but I killed the zombie and then they would go berserk and just wreck cam on me. Yeah. Which I loved, by the way, really well done. Uh, that fight was super tricky. Oh my goodness. Sorry. Um, yeah. I didn't die from that spot. Yeah. At all. Like I, I didn't die from that either. Um, I didn't die from that part, but it was hard. It was definitely really, really hard. I was like, oh my god, I am sweating profusely right now. <laughs> Sorry if I keep uh, throwing off my thoughts, guys. I am going to be honest. I woke up about 10 times last night, so I'm tired. <laughs> Did not get, get that. any good sleep, but uh, I'm super happy recording. Like I was like, uh, I am recording whether I'm going to like it or not, but I usually like it <laughs> absolutely the only thing i love as much as talking about halo is talking about doom baby yes mm. dude doom i'm so glad you got me into it and what's funny is like you got me into it right before eternal released so i, I know, didn't get, i didn't get a long wait like you did i know for me and i'll jump into this when we when we jump into like story and everything because yeah. we'll talk about spoilers in this podcast um yeah going from doom 2016 and then waiting and theorizing and then doom eternal and then theorizing after that and then part one of the ancient gods and then really theorizing and then part two was just one of the best experiences um and i loved you know that used to be the case with halo before you know you waited six years until the next game <laughs> so i can't wait for that to happen with infinite but um god dude i'm just so thankful for these games these games this game like the um, so I'm writing the review for the Ancient Gods Part 2 right now. I'm replaying the game for a second time on Nightmare. Um, and then I'm going to run through it a third time on Easy so I can get the screenshots that I need for the review. Yes. Um, but right now, I'll, I'll throw a little bit of a spoiler, not for the game, but for uh, the review, it's probably going to get a perfect 100% because I am trying so hard to find a genuine flaw that I think hurts the experience of the game. I, I still can't find one. Like, there's, like, little small silly things that I could point out, like, oh, that was silly, or, you know, really nitpick something. But at the end of the day, that's not going to affect the score at all, because it's so minor that it does it like, it doesn't affect anything. Yeah, I honestly don't think, um, unless there's a lot of mild uh, inconveniences in a game, I think a couple here and there, like, it's not going to make or break the game, you know? Like, there's it's no such thing, like truthfully there's no such thing as a 
perfect game, but I'd say Doom is near it for me because it's so good and so well done. Uh, Especially the music, the the colors really pop out, and like the gameplay overall, um, Mm -hmm. very good. But you know, like a lot of people can argue that it's not a perfect game, but. I have never played a game that I would call absolutely 100% per- perfect where I didn't even have a mild inconvenience. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that's exactly the thing because that's kind of an argument that gets thrown into it and it just really is a hypocritical thing to say because you can have a 10 out of 10 masterpiece and still have some flaws with it. Exactly. You can still call something flawless, but still have flaws with that, if that makes sense. Yeah. So when you say something is a masterpiece, 10 out of 10, that doesn't mean there might be some glitches, there might be some bugs, or there might be a thing or two that bothers you. Something small. Like, for example, really my only gripe with The Ancient Gods Part 2, which is not even a gripe because I actually think it's also really funny and cool, is the little birdie sounds and uh, when you when you smash your hammer and they're dazed, they'll make the little Tweety Bird sounds like... Some good old cartoon stuff. In any other in any other game, I'd be like, that's the dumbest decision I've ever seen. But in Doom, it works because it's already like so overkill to the point it's ridiculous that you know it works. And it also works for gameplay purposes because it's an audio cue of, you know, these guys are stunned. And when it stops, that means they're no longer stunned. And it's it's a familiar sound too, because like whenever you hear that, you know they're like they're dazed and you're like, oh shit, go, 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 go. Yeah, it's just a natural, because from old cartoons and stuff, that's just natural in your brain, especially in the final boss, which I won't talk too much about yet. But when you use the hammer, he's got a longer one, and it, but it goes through three different tones of it. It'll go like a little bit deeper, and then it'll stop. It's like, and then it'll stop. Yeah, so like, which, it gives you, uh, uh, gives you a good, like, okay, I've got this amount of time. Yeah, exactly. So at one point where it's like kind of really silly, and, you know, and it doesn't, you know, it's just kind of silly. At the same time, it's it fits because it's also silly, but it also fits with gameplay. So it's just little things like that. Like I never, I haven't experienced any glitches in the game yet. Some people have said there's glitches. Wait, I don't, where? I don't know. I like I don't know. Like that's the thing. I haven't ran into anything. Um, uh, there was one glitch that I actually had. Now that I think about it, but it one? was so. Uh, the actually was the Archville map that I was talking about. So later in the game, uh, I was. Uh, trying to run away from a marauder as well as a couple other demons. And I did a glory kill on a caco demon and I dashed and it glitched into a beam, like a thick oh. beam. And I was stuck in there and they could oh, smack yeah. me. So they oh, were yeah. punching me and I, I could, I could shoot them, yeah. but I couldn't punch them. So um, after I got a glory kill on one of them, I dashed and was able to get out, but it wasn't like game breaking. Yeah, exactly. And like, I, I, I had that one time happen in the original Doom Eternal campaign like six months ago. Um, so I've seen come like that happen, but I, I still haven't run anything game breaking for me or anything like gameplay wise or story wise that minorly, you know, hurts my enjoyment of the game. Um, I've seen some people complain about the story a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you right now without spoiling anything. I think, I think the story is fucking brilliant. I think the twist is fucking brilliant. Um, it caught me off guard, but it also makes sense. And then reading the codex entries, I'm like, it fucking fits perfectly. Um, yeah, I'm a nerd. I, I read the codex entries. Shut up. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need to read those, honestly. I've been meeting too. Now that I got all of them collected, I actually want to replay the games and read all the codexes that I got. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Especially in 2016, there's a lot of them too. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, that's one of the things that it's so consistent um, with how they do everything. It's just so good. Um, 
One thing I also say as well, as far as difficulties, like I, I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier. It's like some people said um, it's a little too easy for them. But the only thing I notice a pattern with those criticisms and they're coming from people who are just fucking insane at the game, like way better than me and everything. So I think for the mo- like for the other 98%, this game is very, very challenging. It's it's hard. Yeah, no, even on um, when I was playing on ultraviolence, I was like, oh, fuck, I've got to turn down the difficulty. And I was like, I am not changing it to I don't want to die. <laughs> there was there was temptation at a few parts for sure. I was, I was like, I just want to lower it so I can get past this part and then pump it back up. But I didn't do that because I, I, my, I can't do that, but there was temptation. Like this is fucking so hard. In a weird way. It's like taking away your gamer card. (coughs) No, it is. It is. It definitely like for me, that's just kind of like, I don't, I don't like playing games lower than hard for the most part. Call of duty is different because they have hit scan. It's just no fun, but I'm, that's pretty much it. I love, I love challenge. I like having the challenge in the games. Um, and that's what I love about Doom across the board from 2016 to uh, The Ancient Gods Part 2 is that even though the games can get really hard, I've never felt that it's been unbalanced. I've never felt that at any point it wasn't fair. And I also want to jump in that when we jump more into spoilers with the and with the final boss mechanics as well. Um, there's some people who said it's not a fair boss fight, and I completely could not disagree with them more. I think it is the best best fi- boss fight in the series. And I think it's my favorite boss fight in gaming, including Destiny and everything. I still think maybe Tar- no Tartarus was like fun, but now like that I've gotten older, I'm like yeah, that boss fight was okay. It's um, actually I, mean, it's I think it would have to go to that actually. Yeah, like the the Tartarus boss fight in Hail Two is fine. It's mostly just because it's fun, um, but I don't ever feel like that game was like stupid hard. Um. But I really like that boss fight for completely different reasons for what I like Doom and Destiny boss fights for. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think for me, my personally for me, that final boss in the game is not only the best in Doom Eternal, but I think the best boss fight I've ever played. And I've played a lot of boss fights. Like, I love boss fights. They're like one of my favorite things. Um, and when, for somebody who plays Destiny a lot as well, there's a lot of boss fights out there. So is it bad that after I, you know, after the final boss, I was like hoping that we could get an armor spoofed off his. No, dude, I actually thought the same thing. And there is an armor um, that it's not his exact armor, but it shows the color. It's the same color scheme and everything that's based off of his armor. Um, and I don't know if you unlocked it or not. Um, I did. It's actually one of the main ones I use. It's um, after you do the second. So, you know, the the hell portal there. I can't remember which you go. The gore nest with the yellow portal and you do that twice to unlock a second, like a cosmetic. Yeah. So on that level, you unlock the armor that's based off of the dark Lord's armor. What is it called again? Um, I think it's hell something. Let me see. Let me look it up real quick. Let's see. Shows, it shares the exact same color scheme and everything like that. It's obviously doom slayers armor, but it, it's the same color scheme and everything. Um, Let's see. It's something. It's something hell. Um, so it's just red doom armor. It, it kind of is, but it's it's really cool. It's got like the yellow highlights and uh, his skin, like his arm, his skin arms are painted red. Ooh, what? Oh, hold on, I'm trying to find it now. Let me find it. Um, 
like I have pictures of it on my phone, uh, but I'm trying to think of the name because it's such a cool armor. And it's actually what I uh, what I beat the final boss with the first time. I beat it with that armor because after every mission, I'd go back and I'd equip the armor that I earned from that mission doing it. That's fun, dude. One well, I did it on. Um, I did the uh, what it's called. Fuck, I had the name like the the one that's all white and gold. Oh, the maker armor. Maker. That's right. That's my favorite. That's still. I think that's still my favorite armor. I'm trying to get. The, almost- I'm trying to get the black one. Oh, there's a black one. Yeah. I didn't know there's a black one, but I did, I just got one that's like more hell colors. It's like blood red and stuff and black. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Oh, is it the one? Okay, that's the one. That's what I have. Um, that was so that. fucking metal, dude. It is fucking metal, isn't it? I I can't think of the armor. Uh, I can't find what it is on here just because it's such a new DLC. Um, it's like hell something, something to do with the Dark Lord. It's a pun with the Dark Lord. It's like hell skin or something, but it's really cool. It's like red. It's got your yellow on there, kind of like his eyes and the little, uh, the little light on his chest or Doomslayer's like little red knob on there. It's like yellow and it's cracking yellow across his chest from there. It's really cool looking. I'm wanting to find it. I'm like, where? Maybe I'll send it to you via text or something. Um, but it's really, really, really neat. Um, that's what I like about these new skins. The only one I really don't care for is the barbarian skin that you get with the DLC. That one was funny. It's funny. I'm just like, oh, I wanted like a demon one, but it's yeah. cool because it's Conan the Destroyer. And I think, I think that's fucking hilarious. I just wish I could have earned that one. Oh, so I thought it was a reference to fallout because of, uh, I think his name was Grognak the barbarian. So it's a playoff of the Avengers. So I thought the character looked exactly like that. And I was like, no way they're adding like a, like a fallout skin to this. No, no, it's uh, so if you look at uh, up and you compare them, it is, you know, you remember the Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan the Barbarian? Did you ever see that? Yes. So if you look at it, it's the exact same outfit. That's hilarious. Same hairstyle, everything. And I, ooh, I, I found it on my phone. I'll send it to you real quick. Um, and for everybody watching at home, you know, uh, you, you can just look it up on YouTube. Just look up uh, Doom Eternal, um, Ancient Gods Part 2 skins. And it's the third one you unlock. It's the one from Amora uh, that you get from doing the second uh, Gore's Nest. Uh, Gore's Nest. Because you do the first one, and then you have to do that to progress. But then you can go back and do the second one, which is ridiculously fucking hard. Like, every time, I, I was there for at least an hour. Yeah, the each th- one I did, yeah, I was, I was about the same. And the last one, the last one, I was there for about two hours. But I wanted that armor so bad for the final boss. I just sent it your way, John. Let's see. Uh, and I'll, se- I'll send a picture of the Dark Lord as yes. well, so you can compare the two. What? I don't think I got that. Yeah, so you have to complete that Maybe second I one. I could have sworn I did complete it. Maybe, okay, if I'm going to go back. If you did, it's 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 in your it's it'll be in your little uh, skin area. It's near the top, dude. His veins look cool, right? Yeah, same exact. It's, it's the same red as the Dark Lord's armor. You got the yellow highlights. It's really really fucking cool. Well done. Very. Well oh, done. absolutely. I think it's. Uh, I think they fucking nailed it. Um. So should we? Uh, should we, should, we, should we jump into the spoilers? Yeah, that's all. Yeah, there's your uh, spoiler warning. We're going to talk about kind of the Ancient Gods Part 1 first, because John finally beat that one. Finally, my God. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll talk about totally that one, good. because it's kind of important to talk about that one, and then Part 2. Um, I just looked outside. There's a blizzard. Holy shit. Is there really? Yeah. God, I love snow. 
Well, even though it's <laughs> the second day of spring, fucking hell. Uh, it's it's full spring, remember. That's true. That's true. Um, But yeah, so let's just dive right in. Because we already had our spoilers discussion for Doom Eternal itself. You guys could look up that podcast episode. It's done almost exactly a year ago, actually. That's because we are also celebrating the one-year anniversary of Doom Eternal, which was yesterday as of this recording. Uh, which where the hell did the year go, bro? Holy shit! I know. I I, I remember like just sitting at work and like, oh, it's March. What? <laughs> right. Um. Now, if we can only get that time to go a little bit quicker for uh, Halo Infinite, that would be fucking awesome. But I, I digress. Totally agree. <laughs> um. But yeah, let's jump right on into it. So, like the Ancient Gods Part One, you know, it starts at some time after Doom Eternal. I don't know if it's ever specified. I don't know if you know. Um. I don't really remember either. Like I thought it was pretty soon after because I, I felt like it was like, okay, like we're, we're not done. We've got more shit to figure out. Yeah. I feel like it takes place pretty soon after because of course there's still demons in on earth. They're in Erdak and everything. They're kind of still in, even though their main assault on earth had been stopped. Um, they're still kind of going through different dimensions and they're spreading like a fucking wildfire. Um, so it kind of takes us to the, um, that first mission, which is the UAC uh, Atlantica, Ad- Ad- Atlantica. I don't know. Yeah, but it's such right. a cool mission because it's it's like a fucking hurricane there. So you're looking at the waves, and they're just huge waves going. Fast waves, and then like, oh, I think the best part is after um, you collect the cards, and then you have to go to like the second section. It's all destroyed and shit. Oh yeah, when you get in there, you grab the the little device or something yeah the uac like the center blows up it self-destructs and you're getting through it everything is on fire and shit you're like dude the the reds with the blues in that mission is so Mm. good it's one of the i'm gonna say this about actually every mission but it's one of the like really like can't even think of the word it's not like it's pretty looking but it's like not pretty looking like other missions are pretty it's like I guess it just it looks really, really, really cool. It's like very the contrast of colors looks awesome. Yes, it is absolutely well done. Uh, the colors on it very much pop, especially the reds. Uh, yeah. They did just a, a phenomenal job, and like I, I think you know, like graphics doesn't make or break the game. However, when they do do a good job with graphics, I think it's good to appreciate them. Yeah, and I think well now in day and age, I think the graphics are a lot more of a big deal than they were before. Um, and Doom Eternal has some of the just fucking great graphics with a great art style. That's important to say because the art style kind of makes it a little bit less realistic compared to Doom 2016, which is very, very dark and realistic. Where this one's a little bit more cartoony, but the graphics are better and they look so fucking good. Yes, it's just um, amazing. And then, yeah, so really, you know, in that first mission, you're going after the Seraphim. Um which is kind of the being that took the Doom guy from the original Doom 1, 2, and 64 um, and gave him his powers, the powers of uh, God. Yes. Um, so you really, it kind of takes you, you take like the submarine thing down and you're swimming under the ocean. You look cool. over, there's this giant Kraken eating ships and shit. I'm like, oh, I want to kill it. I want to kill it. <laughs> and then what was, the, what was the shark's name? Because you run into a shark that you swim by. I can't remember his name. It's not Bob. Um, they name a shark. Not, yeah, the community named the shark and shark, and now that shark's name is actually canon or whatever. What the fuck? Like, they now name? consider that like the name of the because there's other names. Uh, it's not Craig, obviously, because that's Halo. 
I can't remember what it is, but it was a really funny name. It was Bruce. It's Bruce. Bruce Bru- the shark. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, Bruce the shark. Bruce from Nemo. Yeah, yeah. So the community named it Bruce the shark, and now it's softer name it Bruce. That's um, fucking amazing. So does no one kill him? Uh, I don't think you can kill him. I don't think you can like blood punch underwater, but you swim. You swim by the, the great white shark, and it kind of one of them hit me. Oh, I think they can hurt you. I don't think you can hurt them. Fucking Bruce, you asshole. Bruce, you fucking bastard. I hate you. Your entire bloodline is cursed. <laughs> yeah, you, you have the slayers. You have the slayers curse. The slayers curse. But yeah, you go into the underwater facility, um, which is really cool. There's a lot of sections where it's like flooding and stuff and you're in tight corridors, finding a tyrant and everything. It's just ridiculous how difficult it is. Uh, you will even find two marauders, which isn't actually that hard. Because Marauders were never that actually that hard. And if you think Marauders are hard and break the pacing, you're a pussy. Um, <laughs> I stand by that. I stand by that. If you if you don't like the Marauder, you suck at the game. But um, I think, I mean, it, that's the thing about these Doom games. They're really simple and the missions are really long. But there really is just like one goal per mission, which is nice. And then you like, you know, you go through and you resurrect the, uh, uh, the Seraphim, which turns out to be Samuel Hayden, which was a big reveal that me and a bunch of other lore news we knew was the case. I was shocked. But yeah, I mean, I was still shocked. It was because I was like, I can't believe we fucking knew. We, I can't believe we guessed it, but it was really cool. He's got a cool voice and stuff. He's like this maker and he looks just so fucking cool. It's like this alien looking guy, but he's got like a cult hoodie. He's got a cool hoodie. Yeah. He's got like the, the red hoodie and it looks like ancient. Oh, I love that. So, you know, you go back and you get to meet the intern again, which is such a wholesome character. Um, he's like the little fanboy of Doom guy, and he's just like this twenty-something-year-old uh, kid. <laughs> I like that we're close to that age. I'm like, yeah, this kid. Yeah, and well, I mean, compared to what five hundred-year-old Doom Slayer or whatever, I mean, <laughs> that's true. That's very true. But it's like if you met the Master Chief, that is exactly how you would act. Yep. Like, yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> I've got you, Chief. I'll help you out, buddy. Yeah, I, I thought God, he's such a wholesome character. Um. But yeah, I love when he like steps in the portal. He's like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Let's go get a Doom guy." And I love that they call him Doom guy. They acknowledge like his other name's Doom guy, Doom yeah. Slayer, uh, Doom Marine. I think they call him at one point, which I actually yeah. don't like Doom Marine. But yeah, I think it doesn't have as good of a um, good of a ring as Doom Slayer is badass. But yeah. Doom guy is it's just it's kind of like he's a badass. But you know you're friends with him now. You know? <laughs> yeah, Doom guy, like that's iconic. You got to call him Doom guy. But Doom Slayer, I've always felt like that is the ultimate title. Uh, that is the Master Chief. Like if there was another name as badass as Master Chief, it's Doom Slayer. Dude, honestly, like I want to talk about this real quick. I don't believe we talked about this. I know you know. I think you and I were talking about this in the podcast beforehand. Just stop me if I um have already talked about it on here. Um, but I tweeted about how I want them to do doom slayers armor in halo and halo yes. armor in doom i think that would be so cool dude they're both owned by xbox i think it would and the way that xbox constantly pushes now because you know everybody did but xbox always markets doom with halo together now like in all the trailers they have like the doom slayer interact with uh the pilot from halo infinite um dude wait, i feel did, like it'd be a missed opportunity that? if they didn't do that oh wait, dude, what? i I remember there was a trailer. Um, I think I don't think I watched it, but it was a trailer, and it showed the chief's helmet split down the middle, and then it had the Doom Slayer's helmet on the other side. Yeah, that that was the trailer, but that's the, that's the the uh, the thumb art for it. 
which I think is perfect. Like they're taking full advantage of it. Dude, um, like I was talking to you about before the, we first started recording, it'd be a marketing mistake if they didn't do that. I agree. Uh, and we were talking about as well in Halo Infinite, of course, when we could play it, uh, we were talking about like, oh, you know, it'd be really cool. Like if they did different skins for Master Chief, kind of like they do in Doom Eternal, where obviously canonly it's his normal armor, but you could play it with a different skin. And I was, we were talking about like, I would love it if they had just the Doom Slayer as he is in Doom Eternal appear in Halo Infinite as a skin for Master Chief. And you could play the whole game as the Doom Slayer, but Master Chief. And, and I would, yeah. I remember I was talking to you about like, how cool would it be if um, you find a secret section in the next Doom game? And uh, you still pick up those collectible like toys or like dolls and he breaks in this room and it looks bluish and it's got like a faint halo theme playing and he picks up a grunt and like looks at it kind of weird just like looks at it and he like he like shakes it and then just like maybe puts it in his pocket and then later you like go to his like I like to say gamer room because I I think it'd be funny to gamer room and there's just you get chief's armor I would cry I'd be like that is the coolest thing ever absolutely god i'd love to be a little grumping manhandled by uh, doom slayer absolutely acceptable that was weird shut up <laughs> you said i'm like oh, handling yourself god right <laughs> you um, all of yourself. oh god yes right she's just like yeah squeeze me slayer and i die <laughs> it's been an honor <laughs> it dies oh but, my uh, god um but I don't know. I, I used to be the person that's like, no, you can't change Chief's colors. Like, you can't do this. Like, but you know, as I've gotten, um, like, you know, I I played the, you know, played Doom again, and I was like, you know what? I think it'd be cool to have different skins because obviously Doom Slayer is going to be Doom Slayer. Like, he's not going to be different, but he gets um, different skins for his armor. Like, just looks cool. I'm like, you know what? Why not? I think I'd like some Chief skins. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be awesome. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to do it because they have the, I like to call the weed chief. It's got the leaves, like the leaf camouflage on them, but yeah. it looks like, like, like weed. And they have that with the, they have a couple shirts with that, that skin. And then of course there's the pop that they have um, for the, for that. So I think uh, it's a hint. Yeah. It's gotta be a hint. So it's gotta be. And I think if they really did do that, I think, I think it'd be a missed opportunity more than not having elites in Halo Infinite. If we didn't have a doom slayer skin, I said it. <laughs> Yeah. I saw a post the other day where it showed um like the crying like the crying face like okay dude and it's like it slowly shows him getting better and better and like at the end he's smiling and then it goes back to him being sad it showed like the first version of infinite and then it shows it like slowly progressing and then it says no playable elites and it says it shows him crying I'm like when Halo CE didn't have playable elites shut the fuck up I know I I think it's just such a I get I, I get the being disappointed and I respect yeah that. no absolutely I think it's sad but don't don't get mad at a game because they're not adding it and also like after the game comes out and if you guys still really want it just ask three for three honestly they've been doing nothing but you know customer service for us they they're adding more stuff to almost a twenty year old game. Like, I know, dude. Exactly. I there's no real. I'm like, I'm sure they'll do that in the future. Um, but I do think, yeah, adding a Doom Slayer skin to Halo Infinite. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? You can't convince me. There's no good reason. There, you can't convince me. There's, there's no. I, I think there's no reason because literally, it's owned by Xbox. Like they're both owned by Xbox. There's no reason. No, of course, maybe you say, well, that might take time and effort, but you don't have to have it a launch. You, you just do it later. 
Yeah. Do a post-launch. Do a DLC. Who cares? I just think it'd be awesome. <laughs> I, I would love it. I'm the type I would, of I would only use the Doomslayer skin. I would definitely still play with Chief's standard skin. <gasps> but, uh, but then... But then we could do we could do co-op and then I could be Doomslayer and you yes! could be Master Chief. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have to. Three four three Bethesda, please. Please hit software and, and three four three do it. Do please. it. Please. And of course, vice versa too. I'd play the Master Chief and Doom Eternal all day. Oh absolutely. And if like Doom Eternal had a DLC where like you can play two player, I'd play as um You'd play as the Doom Slayer, and I'd play as the Chief. Absolutely, that's exactly how. Dude, holy fuck, dude! I would have so much fun. Just you and I would literally make a little picture where it's just both of us standing next to like a like a mountain, get a screenshot of that, and be like, "Ah, we went on vacation today." Dude, absolutely. Oh man, that makes me excited for Halo Infinite. So there we go. (laughs) My hype got revived. God, even though now I'm setting expectations for myself that might not happen for a while, but whatever, dude. I don't care. I want that so bad, and I think it's more possible than elites at this point. I think I think it's genuinely like they could do it. They could totally do it. We should totally just be like ask three for three. But can you guys put Doom Slayer's armor in Halo Infinite, dude? I'm doing it. I don't care. I'm doing it, dude. We should totally tweak that and make a change. We're doing it. Well, hey, they're doing that. Um, so we'll want to wait until after the the Infinite, the Inside Infinite this Thursday, because then they'll start looking at them. So that's what we'll do. Ooh. <laughs> that's Ooh. what we'll do yes um but yeah i think it's really cool um kind of similar to how three for three does things but it's software they uh they kind of set up a lot of this stuff in doom 2016 in the lore that's what i really like kind of about it's a comparison i make with uh halo 4 and doom 2016 is what they do is they are very much um they tell a a semi-similar story to what the original game did, but they modernize it and everything. Yeah. So focusing on more Doom 2016, it is very much a the most Doom game. In and in that respect, it's kind of unoriginal, but that's okay because like it's the most doomy doom you're gonna get. Um but they throw little hints in there, and that's one of the reasons why they captivated me so much in back in 2016. Cause I wasn't really excited for it. I just thought you were going to be playing as some survivor with a shotgun. I was like, eh, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Um, but they, they throw these hints in there, like the doom slayers logo at the very, very start when the coffin comes up, um, to like having statues of the doom slayer and night sentinels and Dr. Hayden's office and Dr. Hayden and knowing a lot more about hell than I think most humans would know. It's just kind of foreshadowing events. Um, you know, there's the lore and the betrayer, which of course we see in Doom Eternal and the Ancient Gods Part Two. Um, which they they so they kind of start there. They very familiarize people with what Doom is, and then Doom Eternal. They of course they broke the boundaries. Doom Eternal is like there's a couple of like normal hell missions. You know, you have the lava and stuff, but they really reach outside the box. Oh yes, and they then do. that's what I love a lot about um, the Ancient Gods both parts on there is that they jump. Um, they really go out there. They're, there's no standard hell map, but they get really creative what they what they can do with hell. Um, so of course you know it's tasks that you have to go through the tri- the trials of Maligog. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, in order to get to the Father's Sphere and the uh, you know the the Dark Lord Sphere. Yeah. Um. So basically, the Seraphim, you know, Doctor Hayden, uh, they can't really go through and. 
um, like he can't enter hell, but he can enter this place where they are. But the Doomslayer has to prove his worthiness through the trials of Maligog, which takes us to the blood swamps in hell, which is something completely different than what we've ever seen in hell. Instead of the fire and lava, it's like this graveyard, this green dead graveyard swamp. Um, that's like gross and shit. It's overgrown. It's all swampy, but it's so cool at the same time. Greens are good. They Dude, it, it's, greens. It's my, it might be my favorite hell map. Like, I know that's weird to say. Um, I don't know. Actually, there's some really good hell maps in 2016. But, um, yeah, so before we jump into the, the blood swamps there and everything, let's, um, what are, what are kind of your thoughts on the UAC Atlantica mission, the first level of the DLC? I, uh, like I was mentioning, like, just the colors, insane. Pop, super great. Um, I also love that, even though it's not a huge map, it feels huge. It feels it does. incredibly big. It is. It's. It is, I mean, it is. A, it's a long. I mean, that thing. Even just playing on it, like regular, it takes like an hour to beat. It is a long level. Yeah, it, it, it feels. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it feels huge. I absolutely love some of the jumps you have to do as well to progress. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's one that I kept fucking up on, even though it's not that hard. I can do it every time without fail. Now, um, basically, you're on the first part of the mission, and you have to get onto a top layer. So you have oh, yeah. to jump at an angle to get one bar. You have to latch onto a wall, turn around, jump back, go back on that bar you just went on, and then go back to the other one, and then you're able to get onto the spot that yeah. you do. Yep, that's that's one of the I love the platforming in Doom. But yeah, that's I mean that's awesome stuff. That's a part of a hard one. The hardest one for me is the one where you're you gotta jump in midair, turn around, shoot the uh shoot the green thing so it shoots the air. You gotta fling off the monkey bar and then it'll shoot you. But if you fuck it up, it'll shoot you way past it, and then you'll uh You'll glitch into the water and you'll just keep going. You just keep going. What? Usually it'll kill you. But one time it happened and you just kept going. I had to like restart because I just, I didn't stop. And everything just eventually turned white because I kept going. What the fuck? Did you record that? I did. I did. I think I posted it on my old account before I got fucking sussed. Oh shit, dude. I don't think I have the clip anymore though, because I went through and I deleted everything for the because re- no. every time I review, I you know you only have so many cloud storage on there, so I had to go through and delete all my images so I can take a fuck ton and then add them on the computer and then delete them all. Ow, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, my favorite part is um, after you destroy it and like immediately after you're starting on the next part and you have to do that big jump. Super fun. Yeah, that's just sick. Dude, I love the the very ending of that mission. So it, it teases you with the two marauders, which, like I said before, not hard. Um, and then it throws you to the hardest part of the whole mission right after, where they're just throwing shit at you like none others. Two cyber demons, um, just a fuck ton of uh, pretty much everything. Actually, it's just ridiculous, just ridiculous amount of enemies. Yeah, just. Everywhere. And I love every second of it. I I, di- I died a lot there, and then I was like, oh yeah, I have the BFG. And then you shoot the BFG, you kill a lot of shit, it doesn't kill the tyrant, and then they spawn in again. Like, yep. oh. You're like, oh. The, the Spider-Man uh, one scene? Oh. Yeah, exactly. Oh. That that was my reaction at the end of the part two, but yeah. Um, fuck. Um, Way to make me sad. Right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's um that was, oh god, what a great mission there. But jumping into the blood storms, which is my favorite level of the DLC, and I think it might be my favorite level up until that point, including Eternal itself. So you got to do the trials of Maligog, which basically you have to go 
you fight through this incredibly like disturbing area. Like it is just fucked up. It's gross, but it's awesome. Um, and you have to do these trials to of like defeating demons and stuff. And it's like probably one of the hardest parts of the game. Um, cause because they keep throwing shit at you. There's possessed demons and everything, um, to get the two shields, uh, to come together. And then you have to do the final part, which used to be really hard. It's not as hard for me anymore, but you have the boxes that float and they open up their eyes and you have to shoot them real quick while you're finding off, um, other demons like the bear, like, uh, hell knights and stuff. Yeah. Um, Turns out if you use the ballista on them, they're actually pretty quick to kill. But yeah, that part gets insane. And the music, I think the music in that uh, mission is the best in the entire uh, soundtrack or in the entire part one. And I, I love that it sounds different than the standard Eternal game. Like, I love that it sounds different, but they did a great job and still sounds metal. Yeah, Andrew, uh, Andrew Holshot, or Holshot, I... And then uh, David Levy. I'm pretty sure I mispronounced the first one there. But uh, they came and they fucking... It's a lot harder than Doom Eternal in the terms of heavy metal. Like before, Doom Eternal's got like a techno, a lot of stuff about heavy guitars and stuff. And then this is just pure, just heavy fucking metal. Mm-hmm. And But yeah, the Blood Swans, the Trials of Malagog, if you look it up on YouTube, since there's no official soundtrack release yet, which is ridiculous. Um, it is my favorite, dude. I listen to that shit every... I'm listening to it right now. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm listening to it right now. See, that's amazing. It, you can listen to music and like talk at the same time. I'd be thrown off. Dude. Well, it's the same thing. Cause that's what I love about doom's music. Um, it like, it is so testosterone inducing. It's like pure adrenaline. So when I'm playing the doom is one of the only games where I can't be watching a YouTube video or something because, and I can't be listening to any other kind of music. Cause I have to, it just goes with the flow. And then naturally with that, it just allows me to focus on whatever I'm doing. So talking on the podcast, playing Doom Eternal itself, you know, working at work, it just enhances my intention and enhances the way I do it. So, oh my God, the music in this DLC is so good though. Yeah, dude. Um, just, I'm, I'm absolutely a fan of the music they, they had. God, they're so good. It's so fucking good. It's so heavy. I mean, it slaps so hard. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of the best maps. And then, of course, you know, you get Bob. You wake up Bog. Bob. His name is Malagog. But yeah. as a community, we named him Bob. Now everybody calls him Bob, even at its software. And he wakes up and he takes you up to the, the Soul Spheres. Um, and what I love is that the, the Abyssal Zero fucks the Doom Slayer gives. Because it's, it's clear that uh, Samur... Which who is Samuel Hayden, but his name is actually Samur, uh, or Samur. I think it's Samur, but uh, you know it's pretty clear like he's corrupted or something, um, and he's dying. And he begs you to like release the father and turn the father into a mortal being again instead of just an energy source, um, so he can heal Samur and then restore balance. And instead, the Doom Slayer just grabs the 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 orb just- um, and just breaks it right in front of him it's like like spits on him it's fucking great that's fucking hilarious the doom slayer knows and i'll i'll talk more about that later but he 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 also of course he doesn't give a fuck but it's also revealed later like um nobody has clean hands and he doesn't give a fuck the only thing he wants to do is kill the dark lord so he grabs the dark lord sphere um and shen he just walks right past the fallen samurai who's like struggling to get up he just doesn't give a fuck, and he walks, goes through the portal, back under the the uh, the helicarrier, as I'm going to call it there, 
Um, and everybody else on the ship, they all just fucking evacuate. Run, 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 get out of here. And then the fucking intern's like, I assume you want to do, you know, revive the Dark Lord so you can kill him, right? I'm in. And he just goes in and he does all. Dude, that dude is such a mega Chad, dude. I, giga Chad, bro. He's such a giga Chad. I mean, he's one of my favorites. At first, I thought he was a little cringy in Doom Eternal when he appears for the few moments he's in. Yeah, a little cringy, but then, like, he grows on you. But then he grows on the, and then you go back and replay it, and you're like, oh, no, I fucking love this guy. Yeah, you, you see him, you're like, can I can I fist bump you? Yeah, like, bro, he's such a bro. Yeah, dude, he stays behind, and so he's kind of like, um, yeah, he kind of replaces Samuel Hayden as your assistant's. Because, you know, you always have an assistant in Doom 2016 for the majority of it. You have Samuel Hayden, and then you have Samuel oh, Hayden and Vega. He is Chief's equivalent of Brohammer. He is. He is. He's the equivalent. There, there was a name that was similar to Brohammer. I can't remember what it was, but we called him something. Like bro, Brontern or something like that. Bro-turn. Something like that. Yeah, it's something silly. Um, but, yeah, you always have a companion of some kind. And then, of course, Doom Eternal, you have Vega... And then Doom, then Sammy Hayden again, and then Vega turns out to be God. Who would have thought? Um, I did, but uh, <laughs> um, and then of course, you know, we go into the Holt, the, which is the final level. There, you got to go back to Erdak and basically um, go to the chambers to revive the Dark Lord. But um, of course, very very difficult mission. Um, but before we jump into that, of course, I just want to hear your thoughts on the Blood Swamps, just because, I don't know, like, it's just such a fun mission to me. I always replay that. That's the most replayed mission of the DLC for me. That one was a hard mission for me. It's a fucking hard mission. But my god, is it fun. It can be frustrating at times. But oh, it, it can be, yeah. I I just love the the depth to it. Like, it's it's not traditional hell, like you were saying. It's just different, but it feels hellish. Yeah. Feels like a like a zombie graveyard. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like the best appropriate name for it. Or Halloweeny. Halloweeny. <laughs> yeah, Halloweeny. Because that came out around Halloween, and I reviewed it a couple days right before Halloween. Yeah. So it was just it has the Halloween vibes, I guess. That's true. Yeah, it's they they did a good job, and I I enjoyed playing it. Like that was one of my favorite missions, besides. Um, I think actually the first mission in uh you know the the UAG building like that one's a really really good mission too. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean I think they're all really good missions, but for me Blood Swamps has got the best soundtrack. I think it has the most dynamic gameplay. There's even moments where you're like in thick fog and they throw a possessed demon at you and they throw You can't see it. And you can't, you can't see, really it. see. You can very faintly see. And if you go out um, the fog bubble you could get hurt. Oh yeah, and there's that, and there's that part as well. But there's also the part where you go into a lake and it's just fog everywhere. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't see, and I, oh, I know some people don't like that. I think it's fucking great. I think it's a blast. Um, not being able to really see more than ten feet in front of you. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's that part with the dog as well. When you're running with the dog, and that's really hard as well. It's like little arenas as you go. Those are fucking great. I like that they that they make you um, like if you want to get all the collectibles, you have to go back. Yeah, absolutely. You have to go back. There's a lot of rerouting and stuff, um, which I just think is fucking brilliant. And it brings you back to the center, and then you have that final battle, and then it just oh, oh, dude, those cubes are a little frustrating though. Um, they used to be for me, but now they're actually pretty easy. Not easy, but they're they're manageable. First couple times, I was just fucking struggling. 
because I'd shoot him because in the in the little gameplay clip in the trailer, you saw him shooting him with the the machine gun. So I figured, oh, that's probably how you have to kill him. Now use the ballista or use the rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah, ballista ballista is great um, to, to deal with those. But in fact, I ignore most of the demons. Was that ballista is kind of the solve all problem? It is for a lot of it um, until until DLC part two, which I'll get into later. Because I actually didn't use a Blissa a lot in there because that fucked me over so many times. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it really is a great... The, the Super Shock and Ballistic combo, I think it's the most popular. And it, it, it's popular because it works so well. Um, but yeah, I mean, jumping into that last level there with the Holt. Um, very simple. You're really just going there to... to uh, you know, uh, revive the Dark Lord himself. And then, really, you're, you know, you're going through the Blood Forest and everything. Or, no, the Crimson Forest. Really, really cool. A lot of purples and stuff. It's really pretty. Like, yeah, no, the purples were done so excellently in that specific section. Yeah, I like that more, that the Holt more than the Erdak level in Doom Eternal. Because, I, I mean, I really like the Erdak level, but I love being able to go into the forest and stuff of Erdak and everything. It's just so fucking neat. Um, and then, of course, Samur becomes the final boss of the level, and he's a son of a bitch. <laughs> he's a he's a cheap bastard. I love him. Because uh, he uses the spirits against you. He's throwing two of them at you at the time. He's got a bunch of layers, lasers shooting at you, a bunch of eyeballs falling around. Um, he actually wasn't too bad. He, him himself isn't too bad. It's only every, everything else that makes it a lot harder. I noticed that if you just stay on top of the platform, like the top level, nothing's going to touch you. Yeah, a lot of times you can do that, and that's when he starts throwing other shit. So it's just, ah, it's it's a difficult one, but it's fun. Um, but one thing I didn't actually realize until shortly after the DLC, um, even about the original game, is you know the demonic form that uh, the the con maker and or uh, Samur. So Samur turns like this purple, scary looking monster. Well, that's because they've been demified. They are actually the gold and the white. That's not their armor. That's their skin. But they've been demonified. So, at the end of the fight in Doom Eternal with uh, the Con Maker, and she like looks this like this freaky demonic looking thing. That's because she's been corrupted with hell. Um, and then same thing with Samur there; he's been corrupted with hell. And that's just kind of why they get they're so evil and stuff. So I always thought that was kind of a cool fun fact. But I love his his design. I love his music. His boss music is great. Um, yeah, yeah, I just think it's a great boss battle. Uh, but what do you think on that? The boss battle um, was well done. Uh, I thought adding the purple to it almost made it a little creepy. Yes, that makes sense. Like it, it, it not super creepy, but enough to feel kind of eerie. Yeah, and it was like oh, like something happened. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I love about uh, Doom Eternal is that um, it's very neutral stance in there because a lot of times when you think of the heavens and stuff, it's bright colors, clouds, blue skies, everything really pretty. But the way Doom Eternal does it is like these are not this is not the heaven that you thought it would be because it is heaven but it's still fucked up (laughs) especially with the demons being there and it's like it's damaged and just not as pleasant it is yeah the demons have invaded the very essence of creation is in trouble (laughs) um it makes me think of when um cortana was on uh high charity yeah like it's got like the flood all over the map. Exactly. I like, similar to that, but like not to an extreme, but like when it was starting, that's what it kind of felt like. Yeah. Like a highly religious site being just destroyed from, 
from a demonic essence, essentially. Literally from the opposite thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I always really appreciate that about the level. Um, which brings us to the end of the DLC, of course, to where it is revealed Davith, who is Satan, basically, um, is you know revived, and he has the very similar appearance, like the same appearance as Doom Guy himself. Um, which everybody, which in the in the DLC they say he's you, but in their world, when actuality it's kind of revealed it's the other way around, but. Um, yeah, he's always looked like that. Um, I always thought that was a really cool reveal because it's so hard to get Satan right because after, like, Doom has already done so many designs that I would initially imagine Satan to look like or Lucifer to look like outside of being just a goat creature. Um, you know, like, you know, so many demonic things. So the, the, the way to subvert that expectation is to make it the only being scarier than a demonic-looking demon is evil Doom Slayer. <laughs> Dude, with the red eyes, I was like, what the fuck? I know, at first, I was kind of, I wasn't on board with it. I was like, I don't know if I like that. Day later, I was I was totally onto it after I thought it over and stuff. I was like, yeah, this is fucking great. He's got, like, the body tattoos, but it's, like, scar tissue. It's Oh, it's so cool. He's got such great design. He's got the Doom Slayer's mark, which actually turns out to be the mark of the beast, the, the um, uh, Davith's mark, which is, yeah, the demon's mark. That has been changed in context to be the Doomslayer's mark because the Doomslayer dons that mark, and now the demons fear their own leader's logo, which I always thought was really, really fucking funny. That is badass, that. yeah. That's how badass Doomslayer is. Um, but yeah, what a reveal though, because he comes back and he's, his little symbol glows on his back, and he's just this buff motherfucker. You don't realize how ripped he is until after his armor's off, and you're just like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh my god, this is the same model that they use for Doom Guy, essentially, but with different like textures on him. Yeah. So he's fucking big. He's fucking big. And there's an animation in the beginning of the opening, the second part that I'll talk about, which makes me like double down on the fact that hey, this is one swole motherfucker. <laughs> Um, but what are your thoughts on kind of that the the Holt mission, the reveal of the the Dark Lord and everything? So, um, as you know, I'm not super huge in the like I'd like to be, but I, I don't know a lot about uh, Doom's history. So when I saw that, I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What?" And what's funny is same thing as me finishing Doom 2016 to Doom Eternal. I didn't have to wait long. I waited maybe 24 hours, and I was good to play. <laughs> And then you were good to play, yeah, part two. Yeah, so like I didn't have to wait like long like you did, where you're just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, well, I was sitting there for four months, sitting there like theorizing, like, how's this gonna go? What is this guy gonna do? Um, which is God, what, what a payoff! What a great payoff, though. I'll tell you that right now, great payoff. Um, but yeah, that's how you do part one of a game. I think overall, the DLC of Ancient Gods Part One was a brilliant DLC. Um, that's how you should do, like, if you're going to do a two-parter, that's what you should do is make your first part very unique, very different from the original, but introduce new things, just play around with it and make it really crazy. Um, but then leave off on a cliffhanger that will have people thinking about it for months, um, which is exactly what they do. <laughs> and so... Yeah, I think overall that I mean I gave with my review on Inform Pixel, I gave the DLC one hundred percent. And I still stand by that right now. 
I think it's a perfect uh, expansion. I think it's a perfect story DLC. I think the dialogue is great. Um, I've heard that they've actually nerfed it a bit, but I've also heard that they were nerfing it for the two easier level, like the two easier difficulties. And then they accidentally nerfed it for the harder difficulties. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say, think it's a mistake. Because I don't really want them to nerf it. I thought the difficulty was super hard, but I liked it for that. And I'd be a little bit disappointed if they didn't nerf it like on purpose. But from what I've been reading online and stuff, it sounds like it was not intentionally supposed to nerf the harder difficulties. Yeah. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. But I still think even if they did nerf it a little bit, it shouldn't affect my enjoyment too much. It sounds like they only removed a couple demons from intense sections, which I could live with, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I, I stand by that 100% perfect rating. I really don't have any criticisms at all about the DLC. That's just me, though. What do you think? I don't really have anything to criticize. I really enjoyed how everything was laid out, how uh, the gameplay elements were set up as well. Because, like, like I said, like you had to use things that you didn't really use. So I felt like it was more so like a beginning transition to, um, obviously, part two, where you really flip up how you change your, how your game style is. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it made you flip it up a lot in part one, but I think part two doubles down on that even further. Exactly. So. Yeah, I think uh, I think part one is just fucking perfect. I I genuinely, and that's the thing. I replayed it uh, three times before I finished that review. And you know, as because sometimes you know, being a reviewer, sometimes there's a little bit of guilt of like, you know, if I am I being too kind on this game, um, am I being too much of a fanboy because I'm a big Doom fan? But is this too fanboyish? But so, you know, what I'll do on my later playthrough throughs on games that I can replay before I finish the review. Some games are too long for me to do that. But I'll write, go through and I'll write down the notes of everything I'll enjoy. And then as I'm playing through it and then I'll write down, is there anything I don't like or is there anything that bugs me? Or am I frustrated? Um, and there's I genuinely there is nothing there that I dislike. I think I loved getting my ass kicked, which is really weird to say, because usually in a lot of difficulties for, say, example, uh, uh, like destiny and stuff when it gets too hard it gets just generally frustrating and i don't enjoy it but in this one it's it really is almost like literally every time i die it's my fault and i yeah, recognize I where i fucked up and that's what that makes it less frustrating and you get so close a lot of the time you're like i can just do a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better and then sometimes i die immediately as i spawn, I, I think the thing that always gets me is i don't utilize my other weapons i'm always too focusing on the shotgun and ballista combo when i should mm -hmm. be looking at other combos that could work just as well absolutely uh, i didn't realize how good the auto shotgun was yeah yeah exactly same um and like this like before i mean when I first played the original Doom Eternal, like I had to use a lot of the uh, weak points on enemies. Um, but after like other playthroughs and getting really good at it, I didn't need to use that as much just because I was so good at it. Um, but this really brought back like, hey, you got to use weak points and stuff. Um, and you got to use the microwave meme, which is a big one for me because I never used it ever. I don't think ever, anybody ever, really ever. used it before that because then they made you like re realize like, oh, this is actually kind of a good weapon. Yeah, so once they force you to use it, and a lot of people are like kind of annoyed by that, like you have to use it to kill this demon. And I'm like, yeah, but it, it, it gives you a variety to the gameplay. It really makes you have to switch between weapons and weapon mods, which I never did in Doom Eternal. I, I rarely think, did. I think the good phrase for it is it's opening your eyes, but all you have to do is see because... 
I didn't use that for anything else until I started using it for obviously those ghosts. Mm-hmm. And then I started using it on other demons. And I was like, oh, if you damage them enough, then you don't need to waste your other ammo after you know that this is kind of like one of the last dudes. Just use that. Or if you need to like uh, use the chainsaw on someone and just get your ammo back, like mm-hmm. it's actually kind of OP. It is. No, it is. It absolutely is. And it's just like a. Um, one of those things that after you you master the flame belch, the you know the change on the glory kills, everything else just comes naturally um, as they introduce everything. And it's I think it's just a really good start to it. And I again, like I said, I think they doubled down on all of that in part two. Yeah, they just absolutely did a phenomenal phenomenal job with the uh, with the gunplay. Oh, absolutely. I think yeah, and they did a great job. That's the thing about the story as well. I want to say like. It's not necessarily super deep, like say Halo or stuff, um, but it does exactly what it needs to do to be interesting. But it never it feels like it intrudes on the gameplay, um, which Doom has been masterful for since Doom three or not Doom three. Doom three did that. Um, Doom twenty sixteen. Um, they always told a great story. There are cutscenes, but you can skip them if you don't give a fuck. Um, but I think the cutscenes are really cool. Um, and the story they tell, there's deep and there's a lot of lore if you want to get into that. But you can also just ignore the story and not give a fuck and still enjoy it just as much. It's one of the few games that I feel like you could like ignore everything and still have just as a good time as if you were to read everything and like watch exactly. everything. And like for me being like, I love like fictional stories and stuff, just being having the choice and actually seeing it put in the effort to tell a great story is like, it makes a big difference for me in the end. Because then you understand why you're doing everything, and then you see these references that you would never actually give a shit in game, um, otherwise, and you're like, "Oh my god, that is like the coolest thing ever." So, um, I think if yeah. you're a lore geek and they add stuff for the lore geeks, it makes that game twice as good. Absolutely, and the codex entries and the art that goes with them, um, top tier, just top tier. And there's in fact there's a meme and they're one of the the art pieces for the codex entries is now becoming a meme in the doom community and i'll get to that later but it does have something to do with davith and the and the con maker and it's just really funny oh um, hell yeah yeah it's great um but i think now's a good time you know to jump right into like the main main topic of the podcast episode today which is of course uh the ancient gods part two which is the end of the Doom, the main Doom arc here, the, the, the like the Doom Slayer's arc, which effectively makes the ancient gods, once you put them together as Doom 3, I guess Doom 6 actually. But um, And I think it's smart that they do the DLCs instead of making a third game because there's really, looking at all the improvements they make with the DLC, like you can't really justify making a brand new game for those. Because like, they could have just made a third Doom game with the exact same story unchanged, and it probably wouldn't have been worth 60 bucks. Or, in that case, it would have been like Crisis 3 or something to where it just kind of duds out because number one or two were so good. Um, and three just didn't do enough to like evolve it. But with the DLCs, they take it and they just they evolve it through there, and it makes it work a lot better, in my opinion. Yeah, I think definitely when you're doing a new game, you have to add... Um enough elements to make it feel like a new game you don't want it to be copy and paste um it's like if you were literally to play halo 3 and then play halo 3 backwards like and maybe add one or two new things it's still halo 3 um but you know uh doom 2016 versus doom eternal there's very big huge differences i mean everything 
aside from the core gameplay has changed. Yeah, like even the core gameplay kind of is a bit different, especially with the new movement yeah. and stuff well, like the that. the movements and stuff, but like the idea of moving fast, the uh, push forward gameplay, glory kills, stuff like that. Um, but of course it's it's redesigned and made better. And I always ask myself like how could id software make a doom 6 and make it better than doom eternal cuz I think the ancient gods part 1 and 2 do that but they don't do it in a way where they completely redesign it. I don't see how any game could redesign doom eternal and to make it somewhere better. Yeah, cuz it's so perfect, it's so balanced. It was really well done and it's like why would you want to change it that much, you know? Yeah, so I get it. Like I 100% get it wrapping up the doom slayers arc in the DLCs. Which, in their own right, they feel like full games. They're big. I mean, they're only six missions. No, seven missions total. Also, on top of that, if you bought the special edition, it just made it feel that much more worth it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you did. We bought the $90 uh, Deluxe Editions, um, which, by the way, was worth every penny. Um, you actually say you ended up saving like 15 bucks in the end, and you got extra stuff with it. Yes. Um, Including gun skins. I still use the classic gun skin from it too. So, um, yeah, so it was worth it in the end. I wish but there still- was more classic um, skins that came with it because I used the classic shotgun skin, but I was like, I wish there was more classic skins. Yeah, well, there is a few. I can't think of them. I think there's like two or three of them. Um, but yeah, I would like that. There's a classic sound pack. Um, so you can have the classic sounds. I actually don't know how to do that. <laughs> I still haven't figured out how to do it. Oh, but really? I've, been again, I've never looked it up on YouTube or anything. Oh, it's actually really easy. You just go to gameplay. Oh, is it? okay. I'll have to try one of these times. I mean, it'd I be hard about because... it. I really now I want to replay it and put that on. I know, dude. It's cool. Like, I don't know if I could do it for long, just because I think the sound design internal already is perfect. But I, I think it'd be fun to do it with some of the classic, just to do the the final boss with the classic sounds would just be funny. Absolutely, dude. I think that's a absolutely a good idea. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, absolutely. And I think if you, they made this a full third game as well, the reveal of Davith and how he appears would be a lot more jarring. Because with part one, they introduced him and then they gave you four to five months to accept and to, you know, to process. So by the time they kind of finish off everything, you're already on board. Unless you weren't on board, which I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess it, I don't know. I mean, I, I, if you weren't on board with it, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like I like genuinely like man I I I would suck not being a board of things. I think part two, I think Ancient Gods part two is Doom at its absolute best. It's firing yeah, it, at all cylinders. If it wasn't already, yeah, it, it it really lifted the game up. Yeah, I think um, before with Doom Eternal, like the, just the base game for me, there's always an argument: what's better, Half Life Alex or Doom Eternal? And I kind of always gave the edge to Doom Eternal because of the replayability, but they're just such perfect games. It was hard to choose with the ancient gods part one with adding everything on there and then seeing how the gameplay mixed up. But by the end of the year, I was like, yeah, Doom Eternal for sure. And then with part two, I feel like with the way the story pulls off or plays off the, the gameplay, the new mechanics, I, it's like 100% no without fair. a doubt, 2020 game of the year for Doom Eternal. And I think it's going to probably be my second favorite game of the year for uh 2021 with for, for just the dlc with of course let's be honest dude, halo infinite with our bias it's going to be our favorite game let's not get ourselves yeah but, also yeah. because uh someone on twitter i'm not going to name drop here uh was just like oh yeah what game did you last play uh halo 3 and then the other one was halo infinite and i was like i'm gonna <laughs> fucking shoot you oh, i want to play that and they're like what was your favorite game and it was like um 
I think it was like Halo CE and then Halo Infinite. And I was like, listen here. Listen <laughs> here, <laughs> you little shit. <laughs> you fucking flexing. <laughs> gotta, gotta love it. Um, but yeah, I'm at, oh my gosh. So this DLC, it starts off right where the DLC lifts off, which is good because I was kind of worried going in. I was like, are they just going to have a time jump? Like, I want to know what happens between when they are face to face for the first time. And of course, what you expect happens is Doom Slayer doesn't give a fuck. He just loads the shells, his dual barrel shotgun. He just sh- takes the one handed shot at Doom Slayer's chest or uh, Dallas' chest. But it's deflected, and the Doom Slayer in his fucking amazing voice, uh, his dark voice. I love it. Um, He's like, there's going to be like blood cannot be spilled on this holy ground. And he's like, I will meet you at more if you survive this and we will have um, the duel, which will pretty much determine the fate of the universe. But what I love, and I will bring a bit that up. He turns around and walks into the red portal, but the way he walks reminds me a lot of the, the bear, uh, the night or hell knights from doom three, the big strides and the big movements going back and forth. And that's what he does it with his arms out and stuff. He's a boy. He just walks in. I'm like, <laughs> this, God, this is here. I was like, oh man, this guy doesn't. And the thing is, what I love because, you know, we got the the reveal of the artwork, and it shows Davith in this big power armor, and we're all like, oh, what a coward! He's afraid of the Doom Slayer, which is probably true. But I feel like you could have had a one on one with him like that, and it still would have been an even fight. Like he's not afraid. I mean, I'm sure he's a bit afraid in the inside, but he shows no fear. He's just like, all right, let's go. Just <laughs> like. Okay. <laughs> and that's what convinced me. I was like, okay, so he's not as pussy. And it's more, the armor's more for gameplay purposes because I imagine fighting somebody the same size as you, like a multiplayer match would be really hard to pull off a good boss battle. So that's where I feel like the mech comes in. And it is a great boss battle. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll jump into that later. But I think just the Davith appearing himself is just, oh my God. Finally seeing Satan in this game. Which I say Satan because he is. He just goes by a different name. But for normies, like when I go on Facebook, I'll call him Satan or Lucifer because that gets the point across of who this character is. Where in reality, his name is Davith and he's the Dark Lord. Yeah. But for normies, it's Satan. <laughs> that works. Um, I do want to say real quick for the uh, one of the ending pieces, Doom's Slayer's only word is no. This is true. This is true. <laughs> just just now. Throughout the whole Doom Eternal thing, the yeah. first word, no. And I, I wanna I wanna just dispute because then if somebody somebody's gonna say, oh, but Doom Slayer speaks in that flashback sequence. Um in that one level where he's like rip and tear, he's screaming it in the Coliseum. But that wasn't Doom that was Doom Guy before he got his powers as the Doom Slayer, which doesn't really count because we're talking about the Doom Slayer. I know it's a technicality, but still. That was when I he was a Doom that. Marine. Yeah, he was the Doom guy, the Doom Marine. He didn't have his powers yet, so it doesn't technically count. Um, and if you want to argue with that, you can t- hit me up on Twitter, and I'm just going to mute you. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I wouldn't do that. Huh. Um, In my DM, you'll not be. <laughs> blocked. Just kidding. I wouldn't do that. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree. His only word is no. Um but not in the context that you think of as if you haven't played the game. But we'll get into that a little bit later. But what are your thoughts on the opening, just the opening cutscene of this uh, DLC? It was definitely like, you're like, oh, I'm going to end this motherfucker right here. 
but you obviously know that you're gonna have like a lot more to do but also because how much twists already happened in the first part you're like um actually i could kill him and it turns out this isn't the the direct enemy exactly Um, you go to shoot him does absolutely nothing and it just like my jaw dropped i was like what yeah like i I was just like holy shit and it's it's kind of a cool reveal that they wouldn't let him do that because I feel like there's so many ways you get fucked up that sequence. Like they could have like a first boss battle right off the bat, and then you do that thing where you have multiple boss battles, but it doesn't become as fun because it comes becomes re- uh, repetitive, kind of like in Halo 5's uh, Warden Eternal. But they they did it perfectly. I think they had that good standoff for a second, and then you don't see them until the end of the game. <laughs> I think also what makes it more fun is like you know how like you get. I'm going to use Infinity War as an example where it's like, oh, they could have done this instead, or they could have done this instead. But um, if you have something that's almost like a spell where it's like, yeah, you can't do that well here, for instance, like bloodshed, no matter what you did, it wouldn't have killed them. Yeah. So that's what I like. It's the opening of the game. You're not going to kill them at the opening of the game. Um, I feel like there's a lot of different ways you you can ruin that. Um, like for example, I'm going to use this, even though I love the movie, the last Jedi, I'm going to use it as an example. Cause you know, you wait a couple years for that pass off of the lightsaber from Ray to Luke and then Luke just tosses it over his shoulder and it kind of, um, subverts expectations in the wrong way. I feel like, I feel like this does it in the right way. And you see Davith as not the super aggressive, massive demon that you were expecting him to be. Because when you heard him in the first game and you hear him talk a few times, and he's also, I think, the narrator of those Doomslayer tablets that you get in the game with his deep voice. Um, I expected this motherfucker to be like the site, like looking like the cyber demon from that game. But to have him this cool, calm, and collected badass who just looks you in the eye and says, let's fucking go, and then turns around and goes in the portal. It makes him not a coward. It makes him like an actual foe on like other characters, other foes that we fight who they're like, all like, like, let's fucking go. This guy is just like, he just stands there, no fear. And he just turns around, um, turns his back on the slayer, which is just the ultimate power move in my opinion. (laughs) So well done. Um, but of course that brings us to the first level of the game, which I find I'm going to be honest with you guys right now, before we jump in there, I think these, uh, four missions of the game, are pretty much better than any of the previous missions in Doom Eternal, at least in my opinion, from for multiple different reasons. But we'll jump into that in a minute. But you jump into the portal and you come out in this beautiful landscape. Um, it gives me uh, Halo slash Destiny vibes with the big ancient artifact in the distance. It kind of looks like the, the um, EDZ in Destiny 2 where you got the travel shard. It's kind of kind of looks like that. And you've got like, these Eastern European uh aesthetic designs of like buildings and farmland as you go through and the colors are super bright um you know like super green grass super blue skies and stuff um and it's a real change from what we're used to in doom and i fucking yeah, love i i love the green mission i was like whoa this is pretty yeah dude you get in there um which is the, also remember the last level in doom 2016 argent denure and it's like this red barren wasteland and it's just like hell and shit. Well, that's the same area. Um, maybe not exactly the same area, but that's the same planet that that's on. So it's no longer that doom uh, overridden wasteland. As far as I understand, it's the same place. It's in Argent de or something. Maybe I'm wrong on that. If I'm wrong, maybe correct me. Maybe DM me and correct me because I'm an idiot. But 
Um, no, I think it starts off really cool, really pretty. It introduces a new uh, platforming system where you use your uh, grapple hook to shoot this little green floating orb, and it allows you to like slingshot, which I think that's so much really. That's my one. That's one of my favorite things. I'm like, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> so well done with that. Yeah, and they bring back the kind of they they bring back the dog segment from the uh, the blood uh, swamps, but they do it in different like unique ways this time around that, that differentiates itself. So the first time you do it, instead of it just being like surviving a wave of difficult enemies, they throw a uh, uh what are they what do you call it a berserk in there? So all the demons are berserk and they're coming at you really fast, and it's out like way outside of the shield so you have to survive it you can't go like destroy it so it's like super hard to do and then there's like a ton of pinkies after you're done that you have to deal with, with blood punches um and it just throws all these different encounters there's even one where the purple goo comes back in there that makes you super slow and you can't jump that, yeah you can't jump that made me laugh because i know people who hate the purple glue or the purple goo glue works too that is true they said like oh it ruins the pacing i'm like i don't think so i think it just adds an extra challenge but I love that because what you can do is you can, um, when the bigger enemies come in and you're not blood punching or anything, you can use your uh, your meat hook. meat hook, stick them, get out of it, and then just jump and just keep jumping and like dashing to stay out of it as you're shooting them, and then meat hook them again, and then just keep going uh, in a circle. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good way to get around it. Also, I love that if you had the orbs above you that you could meat hook too. Like if you're in a tight section where a bunch of enemies were coming towards you, you could just meat hook and then whip around them super fast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I love doing that. I love meat hooking it, going up, switching to my blista, shooting the 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 armored uh, Baron of Hell's thing, meat hook switching over to meat hooking to him, uh freezing him and just unloading on him. Like just fun combos like that. It just makes his DLC so fucking good. Yeah, I I wish the the meat hook swings were in the normal campaign as well. Dude, I, I know. I, it's my. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think it's my favorite uh, new mechanic of the game, and I think it's one of my favorite melee mechanics in general. Um, just because you use it so often, because it's based off of glory kills. You can re earn ammo from. Um, oh, what do you call it? You know, weak point shots. Yeah. Um, and then of course you can have pickups and stuff as well. Yeah, dude, that that sledgehammer is just. <sighs> and the more you use it, the better it is. Like you can go the whole campaign. Aside from the boss battle, without using it, actually, you can argue the boss battle, the boss battle as well. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I don't know. it just stretches that window, so you wouldn't get a lot of hits in. But oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, really, it's an optional thing, but it's my one. It's yeah, it's my favorite tool in the game. I love it so much. So you get it, and you just whenever you hit the button, you jump in the air, you both hands, you just slam that motherfucker down. Um, it kills all the low level enemies, dazes the bigger ones. And like I said, you know, freeze the guys, just go auto shotgun on their face and they die. It's great. So well done. Absolutely love that hammer, dude. And what I love about this, of course, it's got like the aesthetic similar to like Destiny and Halo, but also does the Lord of the Rings thing where you light the torch and it shoots the beam up. And it's kind of like that scene in Lord of the Rings where they're lighting the fires and they're getting all the armies together. But it's notifying everybody in the distance, like you know, Gonder calls for aid or whatever. I fucking love that shit, dude. And then of course the Doom Slayer rides a fucking dragon. <sighs> they went, fucking, uh, they went Skyrim on our ass. They did. How do, yeah. I think I made a post. It was like, um, tell me you're a Bethesda game without telling me you're a Bethesda game. And it's the joke is, you know, cause dragons are in Skyrim. There's a dragon in fallout 76, I think. Oh um, yeah. I think the final boss in that game is like a dragon or something. 
Um, and then of course, um, well, there's a lot of like, yeah, a lot of dragon imagery and stuff in Bethesda games. But you no, know, I think that was really cool. I think I love that because it's just such a pretty landscape. And then you go into like the crystal, the big crystal thing to get the, uh, the crystal, the power, the portal to, um, Amora, which is where Davith is, is at. Uh, so I think it's just really cool, you know, going through. There's a lot of cool platforming segments, a lot of great challenges. And I love the first half of the game is like this really pretty, like, blue skies, green grass, everything. And the second half is a very medieval feeling as well. But it's it's uh, dusk. Um, the snow is falling. It's like new fallen snow. It's just kind of such a cool uh, aesthetic. It's so pretty, dude. They They honestly, with the second DLC, they did such a good job with all the colors and all the contrast and just overall the look of it. But I also feel like it's not similar to the first part. I feel like they switch it up a bit, but not too much, but you know, to make it very unique, unique of its own. Yeah. It's very all, all original. It's got a very different vibe than the first DLC. The first DLC is very dark and grim and, um, and stuff and haunted. And the second DLC is a lot more alive. You know, it feels alive in a lot of, a lot of different ways. Um, yeah, so I absolutely love, you know, they kind of took the Halo and Destiny inspiration, and which is what Doom has always done. They've always taken inspiration from other things and then applied it to Doom and Doomified it, which is exactly what they're doing there. Of course, you got your Skyrim, you got your Lord of the Rings references, which all work out great in the end, um, which kind of brings us to the next level, which I, I fucking love that this level exists. Um, because to me, and I know this may not be intentional, but it also might be as well, um, it's got that, it's like the, the rundown rural city um, grasslands, you know, it's overgrown and stuff. It's post-apocalyptic um, and it's got a very similar um, art style and aesthetic to The Last of Us Part II, um, which I think is the ultimate flex. I don't know. I'm not saying that they were flexing on The Last of Us Part Two, <laughs> but I'm saying it is convenient that they do have a, a mission on this after 2020. So <laughs> um, that's that funny. Gameplay. Um God, God, this level fucking uh, that that specific mission is my favorite out of the uh, the part two DLC. Is it? Well, bro, you gotta tell me about it and why. Like, why this one's your it's, favorite? It's literally just the colors, just and also like the rundown city, and you can look around and you can tell what happened. Yeah, very a lot of environmental environmental storytelling. You see broken down mechs with moss growing over it and stuff, overrun city with like water. Um, Gosh, it's just so cool. And then you make your way into the center. And then it's got a very Halo-esque, like, assault on the control room with the different rings in there. I'm like, that is 100% Halo. Yeah, and dude, I it's love it. so great. And, like, how well they pieced it together, I was just super impressed by. Mm-hmm. Very, very challenging as well. That um, The Gore Nest, the second Gore Nest, I was stuck on there for about two hours. Damn. Because it was so difficult. No, no, the first one, it was only an hour. It's still a long time. Um, but yeah, that one, I, that's when I was texting you about the green fuckers, you know, that I was getting pissed uh, off. Yeah, that guy got me so many times in this level. Of course, this is where they introduce them. But uh, I think overall, this is a very good level. Not a lot of story stuff happens in this level, which is totally fine. It's because it's so supportive. And the soundtrack in this is fucking meaty, dude. Mm. Fucking meaty, um, which is great. So I fucking love it. Um, like I said, not a ton of story stuff, but I think it's overall the envir- environmental storytelling, the uh, the environments, the fun gameplay, new enemies. Um, 
yeah, I just think I think it's just top notch. Absolutely, just well done. Also, I screw those green cursed demons. Those green funkers. You know what? I fucking hate them. Yeah, every time I, I see them, kill you first. <laughs> I hate them in the way where it's not like a criticism. I hate them because they're badly designed. I hate them in the fact that they are responsible for so many of my fucking deaths. I just hate them because like they're a pain in the ass to kill. Because like if they get you and you don't have a blood punch, you got to work up a blood punch without using your dash. Um, and like a lot of your your secondary weapon equipment, and even if they do get you with a blood punch, if you have one, they'll get you, and then they'll teleport on the other end of the map, and you're like, "Fuck you!" Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard. It's fun, but it's fun. I I mean, for all intents and purposes, it is cool. Like it is a cool enemy to fight. Um, and it does kind of give you something like, "Oh, you see the green guy." I don't care that there's two tyrants right here. I'm going for that motherfucker. You know? Yeah, because <laughs> the tyrants will fuck you up if you don't get them. Yeah, tyrants won't fuck you up, but that guy will fuck you up harder faster um, especially if you don't have a butt punch yes um but yeah let's i mean let's move on to the the big mission and i know i, I kind of want you to kind of introduce this one because i know you're more of the mcu kind of guy yeah i am a huge marvel fan and i absolutely loved how it just shows slayer by himself just getting ready to kick some ass you see all of these armies and i'm like yeah oh, you see the fuck. smug the smug smile on davith as he's got all these ships coming and he just smiles for you, a second you see his smug f- fucking face and you're just like i've got to fight through all of this and all of a sudden doom slayer turns around and you see everybody coming in and like just coming to get ready to fight and i'm like what yeah you got commander of valen who's been redeemed because he was the betrayer whose son's heart was the icon of sin in doom eternal so when he stabs that in doom eternal he releases it and the betrayer becomes again, commander Valen and he leads the Sentinel army, which I think is awesome. Cause somebody who read the relore ever since 2016 and he was mentioned in there as the betrayer, seeing him come out with his big hammer and stuff, look at you, you know, and then just, you know, we're going to fuck up hell, you know, and then just lead the charges portals are coming. You know, you got the heavy metal, you got the big mechs coming out of the portals. Um, I think it's cool. Um, I showed so my brother Austin. He uh, he's a huge MCU nerd. Yeah, like he saw Endgame in theaters like like ridiculous amount of times. Um, but I showed him it last night. He's like, "Oh yeah, that was pretty sick." Um, because it is obvious. Like nobody's hiding the fact it's an Endgame thing. It very inspired. Very inspired by it. Like nobody. But what I think. So the reason for me, of course, in Endgame, and I want to just make this comparison, just because we and you were talking about this before the podcast. Um, but we were talking about how. Um, you know, Endgame is great, whereas, you know, you know, that's 10 years of movies and stuff pulling off. You see all these characters you recognize coming through, and it's like this just amazing scene, awe-inspiring scene. The difference with Doom Eternal is there's only one character that you recognize there. But uh, what I love about it is like the heavy metal music, and it, it just gets you pumped. Gets you pumped. You see the guys charging, and it gets you pumped in a different way than Endgame, where Endgame, it's a very story. It's a very moving moment. This gets you like this is fucking war. We're gonna go fuck up the Dark Lord. Yeah, you know. And then it just you just start it, you, as it's going. You're looking around. You see all the armies charging the whole time. You're like, what? War of the universe, quite literally. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that is yeah. And I, and I like your perspective. Like, I want to hear more about you. What you think? Because I know you are such just a massive Endgame fan and stuff. I was kind of seeing that in game as you're going. I. I think I enjoyed it more than Endgame because you're running around in it. You're yeah, seeing you're in it from you're, your perspective. Dude, I love it. I love looking. There's a moment where you can f- you can look over and you can see the two the mech fighting the big monster and they're just 
interchanging and there's this scene where he's charged the mech charges up his right hand with like this blue energy and he catches the fist of the big demon and just fucking rams it through his face and the demon knocks back you look on the other side the other mech has a big spear and just shoves it into the chest of the other big demon that's so badass i saw that i was like bruh Bro, it's so cool. And what I love about it too, what I really appreciate is it doesn't mess with the pacing of the gameplay because at no point are they actually in your gameplay space. So it's still your Doom gameplay, uh, but it's just going around around you. And I love one of my favorite thing moments is when you're running through and there's an imp running across the ridge and a dragon chasing it down, blowing fire right next to you and burning it. I love that. I thought it was funny. I'm not gonna, I, I was kind of laughing for a second seeing that. God, it's so cool too. And then you have like the the little wraith, they look like wraiths from Halo. Yeah. But you jump in, the soldiers are like gives you the thumbs up and they shit you, they shoot walk you, you through the wall. <laughs> and you, and it's not just like the other like the other cutscenes where you launch it goes into cutscene, it launches you through a wall, you land and you get up and go. Like it lands you through and you just do the superhero landing right into the, the thing. Oh, I love it. So well put together. Yeah, that opening and then the rest of the mission is I mean it is hard as ball, so let me tell you what that this is the one with the the second. Um, uh, well, yeah, yeah, he's got two Marauders, but the one it's the moment with the the second uh, Gore Nest where you do the Gore Nest, of course, and that's difficult. But then you got to do the second Gore Nest for that awesome uh, skin, and that that was the one that had me there for two hours because it was so difficult, but it was so fun. I was just adrenaline the entire time. Good, good mission. That one did take me a couple of tries to get through as well. God, dude, it took forever, but it was so good. And it just leaves you through this assault through this demonic castle of of technology, because hell technology is revealed. But it's suspiciously similar looking and functionality to the makers on Erdak. I don't know if you noticed that, but it's very similar looking, but it's in crimson instead of white, which is a cool reasoning later. But... I mean, what are your kind of your, because this one, you don't actually fight. I thought this was going to be the final mission. Then you fight um, the Dark Lord at the end. That doesn't happen. It's a full mission. Um, and you, he's got those cool cutscenes. What are kind of your thoughts on that? Uh, uh, this mission? I, I love being launched to the wall, but I also love the fact that he has to run for a second. Mm-hmm. Like I was caught off guard. I was like, I thought that was going to for sure be like him and I battling in the middle of everything. But it doesn't quite go that way, but I absolutely love that he almost is feared for fearful for a second and has to run for a sec. Yeah, he retreats. He retreats up into the tower, which I think which is what he's supposed to do for the ritual of combat to happen. But at the same time, he doesn't take on the Slayer until then. You see him at the very kind of the end of the mission. He walks into his um, ship, one of the ships, which I think is funny. It's a cross that's upside down, which is satanic imagery, but it's a ship, so it doesn't look like that as much, but it is. Um, and then if you notice in the other ships, they're flying crosses, which is cool. So it's kind of cool like that. But yeah, and he flies over in there and then you have to defeat all these demons. Oh, it's such a cool moment. Very well played, honestly. It is really cool. At first I was like, oh, what a pussy. But as it turns out, there is a reason for it. And it's not just because he's running, but because the the ritual of combat that they have to do for one to overcome the other. And for the the laws of the universe to apply for all the demons if Davith is defeated. To just do anybody, any demon outside of hell will be destroyed. Yep, just literally like a Thanos snap. Just, I mean, they do take a lot of references from pop culture, and uh, that's not the only the uh, the big portal scene is not the only end game reference in this in this game, which I love. Um, 
But yeah, I think that's... I, I don't know if it's my favorite mission. I've only replayed the first mission and the final boss. So I haven't replayed the, the inner two missions yet, but I will. Um, overall, my reaction, though, is like I think it's really cool. You have like the uh, the regular people in like Doom armor from multiplayer. If you play Doom 2016 multiplayer, you'll recognize the armor they're wearing as armor you could earn in the multiplayer. But they're just so easy to kill. You just one-shot them, and they don't even get a glory kill. They just die. <laughs> yeah, you, even walking up with just a normal punch, just and they'll die. Yeah, just anything, just anything. Like you, you, you breathe on them and they die, which I think for some might be a little disappointing because they look so cool. But at the same time, they're not demons. They're like they're like people, like in suits, and they're not super powered or anything. So I just thought it was really funny that just to have that, just to I show did, the, the sheer power of the Slayer. Yeah, I I love that. Just like literally, like I didn't waste my ammo. I just walked up and was like, boof, <laughs> kaboof. Yeah, that was fun doing a blood punch, and they all just. <laughs> they just flop their bodies across. Yeah, the ragdoll is funny. Um, but yeah, that brings us to kind of the 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 big moment, you know. <laughs> Bless the me. final the final boss, um, which is of course the Dark Lord, which is the first time in the franchise's history that we actually get to fight the leader of hell because we never got an original Doom Three that was a reboot. No, we never fought a demon, uh, Satan in that. We never fought Satan in any other game. So this is. You know, the first time we get to do that. Yeah, and the the battle sequence, a lot of people didn't like. I personally liked it, um, but the health regen does suck at times. Yeah, so that's fun. Let's, so, yeah, let's talk about the mechanics first because, I mean, I think that's the most important part. Um, so, of course, basically what it is, it's very much, it's kind of a, a buffed Marauder, like a super intense Marauder fight. Yeah. But, of course, he's a lot bigger than Marauder. He's got a much bigger hitbox, which is good. But yeah, so he's got his shield, he's got his sword, so if you get too close to him, he'll wind up his swing, you have to dash to dodge it. Um, his shield will flash, and he'll barge towards you. And if he hits you anytime with the sword or the shield, he will heal his health with your damage, which is cool. Um, his He's got the turret on top that shoots the machine gun, and the other one that shoots grenades. Those won't take your health, but they will do damage. Um, and then, of course, if you shoot him in the shield, or if you do your hammering correctly... Um, he will absorb that, and then he will take health back. So you got to no. perfectly time everything. Yeah. So, and I think, um, and that's kind of the whole thing. And of course, he adds different layers, like calling in like uh, spirit demons that you have to take down with the hammer, otherwise they're a pain in the ass to kill. Yeah. Um, but I've, I, I mean, I've seen some people say like, "Oh, that's not a fair fight. It's completely unfair." Where I'm going to go ahead and disagree with that uh, because oh, this is, I mean. This is the 20th Doom Eternal mission. If you count them all up, there's 20. Um, not to mention, like, what is there, 12 in 2016? So it's been building you up for this long. And really what it is, you shouldn't be making mistakes like that. And if you should, it should punish you for those mistakes. I agree. Where in the Marauder fights, if you shoot his shield, it's not if you get too close or you're too far away, but if you shoot the, the, uh, the shield of the Marauder, he'll call on his dog, and that's a punishment. This is a much more appropriate punishment for the final boss of the final doom game up until this point um so i think it's completely fair and then of course dodging and stuff you know you, you want to use the rune at least i do where if you jump and you're in midair it allows you to move a lot quicker and a lot easier it gives you a lot more freedom so whenever he tries to do something you just jump and dash or jump, jump to the side and dash and you'll dodge everything that being said i was on this boss battle for hours <laughs> I was on it for a good amount of time. I didn't die from him. I was really, really close a lot of times. There was actually a spot where I had two health. Yeah. Um, but 
I got lucky and was able to, I just killed a little small guys just to get as much health as possible and then kind of go from there. Uh, but my God, I hated like fucking up a lot and then his health's back to full and I'm like, I'm back to square one. I know it is. It is. I mean, it's absolutely frustrating, but at the end of the day, you can't blame anybody but yourself. I you don't. failed to dodge or you, you shot at the wrong time and it's, and it's always your fault. And that's my favorite thing about the doom games. I'm always like, uh, damn, I should have done this. I was like, God damn, I was never mad at him. I was mad at myself. I was like, you fucking retard. Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. Like, and, Why did I do that? That was dumb. <laughs> or or he'll do his green flash, and then I will shoot him after he's already swinging, and I'm like, God. <laughs> I, have, um, I fucking hate doing that. I know. But it's fun. Got flash, and then like after you get him down, you realize you don't have a hammer. Yep, that happened to me a couple times, and that was the most frustrating. And then it's kind of difficult because you you know you do have zombies in the corners and stuff that you can glory kill. At first, I was like, eh, I'm not going to worry about it. Turns out, you, no, you do. You you do need those. Which is this is the kind of the first bottle battle where you ever need to do that because they were in the gladiator fight, but you really only used them for ammo if you needed it. Um, but in this one, it's really cool. Um, so you you know your first place is in the temple sanctum, and it's pretty easy overall. It introduces you to the mechanics of the boss fight. So by the time you take him down to uh, two levels, then he teleports you to hell on earth, which is really cool. You got the tentacles and stuff. Um, Very reminiscent of the first mission. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, you just fire everywhere, you know, it's great. And that's kind of when they introduce, uh, well, they had dogs before, but he does dogs more often and stuff and you have to kill the dogs or if you kill the dogs, both dogs, um, you'll get a hammer. So each dog is a half hammer. Um, but if you, of course, if you glory kill two zombies, you also get a hammer. Um, so I didn't really worry about the zombies at this point. It really was mostly just killing the dogs and waiting for them to time it right and then doing it to them. Uh-huh. Um, or if he, and then if he does the dogs again and you have a hammer, you just hammer the dogs and then you get your hammer back, which is a good strategy. But um, um, then, of course, you defeat him. There's a cutscene. We'll talk about all that later. And you get to the final part, which is it brings you back to that section um, from the blood swamps where you're on top of the ridge where the life spheres were. And that's where the final confrontation happens. And then at this point, he brings in, so he'll call in the dogs, but then he'll also call in four big demons uh, of spiritual demons. It's, I think it's a... So with the two dogs, he, he calls in with the two dogs a, a, a hell knight which is a pain in the ass to deal with. So you want to get them all together and hammer them if you can. Um, and then, of course, you'll call in like four big demons. I, I can't remember exactly what they all are, but they're four no, big demons. Cyber demon, then there was um, the demon oh, yeah. that would throw uh, the skulls at you. Oh, yeah, the pain elemental. Pain um, yeah, so there's the yeah the tyrant Pelium, pain elemental, the baron of hell, uh, and there's one more, and the uh, bancubus. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the only, I mean, you can kill them with the ballista and stuff, but it takes forever. The best way to do it is just group them up and just hammer them. But they don't give you hammer ammo, which sucks. So either you have to wait for the dogs again, kill the dogs, and then hope to God you don't get another, you know, uh, another, oh, God, what do you call it? Another uh, a green flash, or you don't get them call him calling in the, the big ones again. So what you got to do, what I did is... Anytime there's a dogs or anything, I just hammer the dogs, get that back. And then when the big guys came in, I would hammer them. I go through with my uh, plasma rifle, tap it, 
against the zombies and dash over and glory kill them. So I always had a hammer no matter what I was going on. That's exactly what I was doing. Yeah. So I, and I feel like you have to do that. I, I don't know. Maybe there's a way you can do it without it, but I felt like that's the only way to do it. And after like hours of doing it, and I, in fact, I had to quit in, at like 6 a.m. and then come back and then finish it up at the end. Like it's, it's a tough little fucking fight. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a tough one for sure. And if you're not paying attention to that, uh, to that uh, Dark Lord, he will, he'll just shout at you and then he'll get his health back, which is like, yeah, he hit me a couple times when I wasn't looking. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> it's like, and of course, if you didn't know he hit you, he'll always say a line of dialogue when he takes health from you. He's like, I will kill you, Slayer, or something, so you know. Yeah. Otherwise, he doesn't talk, which I think is also really smart. Um, so that's kind of, I mean, that's just kind of the gist of the boss battle. Of course, that's a lot more intense than explaining it out, but oh my god, it's a fun boss battle. I love it so much. You don't have this DLC by it. Absolutely, absolutely. But now we're going into the big, 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 big spoilers of the DLC that changes the context of the entirety of the Doom franchise from the first game on. So, um, you kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slayers uh walking up to him and he throws his helmet off he does the all the all noble team he does i knew i knew he did it and i was like instantly my head halo reach i'm like fuck that's exactly what happened to me too i was like oh no i was like he's doing the spartan thing yep he's doing the spartan thing oh man and then i think it's cool though um you know davis is all like do you have anything to say before you strike down your your creator? Which I wanted to backtrack just a little bit there. It is revealed that the father confirms it that Davith, the Dark Lord, is actually the original god. He is god, but his creations of the makers and the father and everybody overthrew him because they felt that he was not worthy. And locked him away, which turned him into hatred, and then Akris created demons and stuff from his original homeworld, which used to be basically what you would imagine heaven to be. Um, so it's cool. So instead of the father, the father was the creator. Now the father, now God is not the real God. It's it's now the God of the new life. But because um, of the entities in the uh, when Doomslayer got his powers from the divinity machine different souls and ancient beings, ancient gods, if you will, uh, which is what the title refers to are inside of his bloodstream and his body. Cause he, so even though it's the same doom guy, there is other entities inside of him that gives him the powers of God because it's the powers of Satan. So he has Davos powers of God. So when I say he has the power of God, he has the power of God. Literally. Uh, and the, that logo, his slayer logo was on the Divinity Machine, that is the Mark of the Beast, which is also referred to in Doom Eternal, but then when they were saying that, they were referring uh, to Doomslayer being the beast the demons are afraid of, but it also is the Mark of the Beast himself, which is basically the pentagram in the real world. Which you do see pentagrams, but um, which is like the new Mark of the Beast, is the Mark of the, the Demon now. But yeah, so that's kind of the context of the situation. So, you know, he walks up and that was like, Will you not look, say anything to your creator? And then, bro, you got you to gotta do this because it's the end game part. He just says no. And I think the best part, he pulls out his sword, he stabs him first, and then he says no. And then he and says no. Yeah. He strikes him down first and then says no as the ultimate fuck you. That and was then John, badass. And then he just, his voice, his voice, no. 
And it, I've never, I swear, have you ever seen Rise of the Planet of the Apes, John? Yes. So you remember Caesar when he says, no, you know, no. Yeah. I have never, since then, I have never heard a more perfect no from anything until now. It's that Bugs Bunny meme that said no. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Don. And now, now it's a Tony Stark moment. And um, he kills him. So you, uh, it flashes to different areas where demons are at and it shows them disappearing yeah exploding in fire and flames so effectively killing down with you know it kills um it's kind of like the thanos snap yeah it kills everybody all the demons outside of hell saving the universe but it takes the slayer with them as well the slayer because the de- the ancient gods inside of slayer were also created by davoth so it kills the slayer as well but not his body doesn't disappear, and he's still, from what I understand, his mental state is alive, but his body is basically dead. And then so it cuts yeah. to a scene where they're uh, where they're putting him back in the coffin that you opened in, or in or Simuer coffin to uh, twenty sixteen. Yeah, with the Doomslayer logo inside, and it wraps it up. So he kills Davith. But then, of course, he dies himself. And it's, you know, he sees his face. He's like, well, what's going on? It kind of gets a little blurzy. You're looking at his eyes. It's blurry. And the father says, like, something along the lines of, now all that Davith has created will die, including you. Or the father, he created everything, including you. And then you die. And that's the end of the Slayer's um, arc. And, then, right. and another thing they say is, like, we'll, we're pretty much like the line from... Uh, like from Halo in another way where it's like, wake me when you need me. It's like, we'll wake you up when we need you. Essentially, yeah. So that's basically because Doomsday doesn't evaporate, but he puts him back in the coffin. Um, of course, this is not going to be the last time we see the Slayer. He's not dead, 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 but he, I mean, he's dead. The Doom Slayer is dead, but he's basically, you can revive him if you do, from what I understand, if you do, if somebody's able to do the blood, or the uh, the trial of Malagog, you can revive the Doomslayer the same way that you revived Davith, if that makes sense. But for all intents and purposes, he's dead right now. Oh, I think I know what your theory is going to be. Yeah, yeah, because you know I said a theory there, so I do okay. want to say go, 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 go. Um, so of course this was taken um a little bit before I think the DLC came out. Uh, maybe it was after I don't know, but um, what's his name? Uh, Hugo Martin, the game's director. Um, he this is a direct quote from him. He says, "While this is the end of the story arc that began in Doom 2016, which is true because that's when he was the first the Doom Slayer for us. There are more st- stories to tell with the Doom Slayer for sure, which confirms this is not the last time we'll see the Doom Slayer." But this is more the end of his main arc, similar to how Iron Man 3 was the end of Iron Man's main arc. But he still continued afterwards, right? Well, of course, then Endgame, that was the ultimate arc. But yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> so my theory, or unless there's anything you want to say before I dive into my theory there. No, no, no. I, I think I know what it is. I just want to see if I'm correct. Okay. So I do have a theory. Now, this is a theory I've actually uh, had for a long time. But I now f- am for sure... Um, that this is what they're going for. Actually, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Um, so leading up to Doom Eternal, it's after talking about how they are creating the Doom universe with Doom Eternal. They're fleshing out the world and everything. 
um, which is true. And they did do that without Doom, throughout Doom Eternal. They showed many different realms that, that you could go to, different Earths. Well, the, there's the confirmation of different Earths because the original Doom, there's Doom 3, and then these the new Doom trilogy, they're all connected through the same hell. So it doesn't matter which hell. Doom 3 is connected to these other games, even though it's a different like main character and different UAC base and everything. It is the same hell. You can even find tablets of the Doom Slayer in Doom 3, which at the time was just a reference to, to Doom Guy and stuff because you have the original the tablets on there and you got the original cover art on them. But now it's like, like the confirmation of uh, hell being one entity throughout all the games. And of course, the Soul Cube in Doom 3 is of Maker Origin, I believe. It's also seen in Doom Eternal's uh, base of Doom. Um so I know, so that's kind of a place to start. So they are confirmed they're doing a Doom universe kind of thing. But more or less, there is a my theory is not just Doom Universe, similar to like the Doom, like the MCU or something where they take place in the same world, but rather the Doom multiverse. Um, to where Doom, Wolfenstein, Rage, and Quake are all connected. And there's actually a lot to support this theory. So really, of course, you got Doom. Doom's kind of your main, that's your main universe. It's real like Doom Slayer is the only one that can walk between dimensions and hell is a dimension. But there are other Earth dimensions as well as the original Doom showed. It's a different UAC base and everything, different timeline. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, uh, spoilers for Wolfenstein uh, Young, Youngblood, I think it is. Um, it's not the best game, so it's not the biggest deal. But it does, I mean, it, it's got some clear connections uh, to Doom. Um, so really the kind of the main, the premise of it, and this is important for the context is, you know, BJ Blazkowicz an older BJ Blazkowicz has gone missing. Um, uh, and his two daughters, his twin daughters go out searching for him in Paris, basically. Um, so kind of in the lore lives, when you're kind of exploring, you know, for I guess for context for the original other games, in the first Wolfenstein game, you actually go to the moon. There's a Nazi moon base. Um, and in the second game, you know, BJ Blazkowicz goes to Venus, which has a very similar aesthetic to Hell does in Doom 2016. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't really count, except so there is a, a, a log, a, a, like a, <laughs> I'm sorry, there's a log in the game. Basically, when you get the Doom-inspired armors, which are in the game, it says um, that na- uh, the Nazis try to colonize Mars, as you would naturally, instead of a gas giant. You would probably colonize Mars after the moon. But the reason why they couldn't is because there was a hostile entity that prevented them from being able to colonize Mars, which is a clear reference to the demons of hell. Now, of course, that could just be fun in games, you know, but like, oh, yeah, it's just kind of a cool Doom reference, but uh, I don't think so. I don't think so, because um, the reason why the Nazis won World War II was because they discovered an ancient civilization uh, with ancient technologies and stuff, which um, for a lot of ways it does, it's very similar to some of the Doom lore about what's going on there as well. Now, the reason why BJ Blazkowicz is disappeared in Wolfenstein and Youngbloods is because um, he's discovered this new technology, which essentially creates portals into different dimensions. And he was able to see an alternate reality to where the Nazis never won World War II. And he was able to spend his time with Anya, his wife, and his kids, uh, like having 
basically having a cookout dinner in his backyard, which is a dream sequence that he's had through the games is what he's always wanted. Um, now, of course, while that's not obviously doom, it does confirm alternate realities or different dimensions with different timelines, which, um, if my theories are correct, I do believe that Wolfenstein and doom take place in the same timeline, just hundreds and hundreds of years apart. That, that could be that could be wrong. I don't have necessarily any hard evidence, but it is just a theory, just because of how fucked up the world planet Earth is, um, and everything. Just kind of how it kind of goes downhill uh, with energy crises and stuff like that. If you haven't mastered the technology, um, I do well, have one myself. Ooh, show. So um, obviously, I don't know much about Doom Three, but you said someone would have to go through and revive the Doom Slayer, like he had to revive. Yeah, the Dark Lord. Yeah, yeah, you had to create the Trial of Maliog. Yeah, so the Doom Marine, at least for that game, for Doom 3, was able to go through all of that. I think he could be skilled enough to go through and revive him if he needs help. It's possible. It's possible. Um, But my theory is kind of a little bit more expansive on that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but I think, no, I do think that's a good possibility. Like you could have a doom guy there as well, which is doom three's doom guy, which isn't, which isn't a slice nearly as badass as the original doom guy, but he's still a badass. Um, of course, now Wolfenstein is kind of the obvious connection there. Now there's a smaller connection in the rage franchise. Um, now of course in rage, what happens is a giant meteorite blows to the moon and hits earth and kind of ends the world, throwing it into an apocalypse. Um, now, of course, like, there's settlements that there's like underground bunkers where people, you know, they wake up and we're probably a new world. Basically, you're a superhero in Rage 2. In the first Rage, um, you're one of those people who wakes up from the bunkers to this world that is kind of a big desert. It's kind of just post-apocalyptic. But the guy who picks you up in his car has a picture or has a bobblehead of the Doom guy on his dash. Just straight up there. Just straight reference. Now, of course, that's not much. It's just it's an id software game. Of course, they're going to do that. Um However, in Rage 2, the later game, uh, the game that came out recently, which is a direct sequel to Rage 1, it takes place like 30 or 40 years later. Maybe it's 20. Anyways, it doesn't matter. They do have a Doom pack for that. And what it does um, is in the game, a meteorite from space, obviously, will hit the ground in the map somewhere. And when you find it, the old version of the BFG from Classic Doom is there. You, so you can wield the BFG and it's got Argent energy like sparkling around it with demonic symbols and stuff. Now, of course, you picked up and then you can also get gun skins, which are based off of Doom 2016. So you have the highlighted red and they, you know, they're very Doom. They're very Doom skins. Now, of course, this is could just be a reference to Doom as you naturally do since Doom is so popular and they're owned by the, from the same parent company. Um, but it does, the BFG does affect gameplay and it is like the BFG from Doom 2016, but with the old design, uh, from the original game. So it's the Doom guy's original BFG and it does the same thing as a BFG would do. And it kind of cheeses the fuck out of the entire game. Um, so there's that. So there's that obvious connection. Now, of course, how it got there, you know, through different dimensions and stuff doesn't really matter. Fact is it's in the game. I know it's just kind of a convenience, but you know, that's just part of that there. Now, the other part of my theory, which um, this is kind of the biggest part is quake. And there's a bunch of different quakes. It's basically kind of like similar to doom, but a lot more Lovecraftian elements to it. 
Um, so not like not Satan's your bad guy, but yeah, I love crafty and stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, in the recent game, uh, Quake Champions that came out the year after Doom 2016 came out, they did eventually add Doom Slayer to the roster of characters you can play as. Um, yeah. So now that was Quake Champions is a bunch of legends in the universe coming together for big tournaments and stuff where they fight. It also does have BJ Blazkowicz um, in there as well, but not as big of a deal. I mean, you could make it happen in somehow some form, but really the kind of the implementation there is that this championship does actually take place in the doom universe. And the doom slayer at some point did attend to it. And it even has the other lore inside of it about how he was able to attend. It's got Daisy's rabbit foot that doom slayer carries around on him. It's got lore on that. Wow. And it basically confirms, um, lightly confirms that they do take place in the same universe. Now, my theory is because they said um, the Doomslayer will be coming back at some point, basically, you know, um, with all these big games and, of course, converging with Xbox, that allows you to get more bigger budgets, allows you to do other stuff. Um, and I don't know if it's necessarily likely, but it is my theory that you could possibly see a team up going on between the characters of Wolfenstein, Rage and Quake and even maybe get the Doom 3 classic Doom guy together, get them together to say like a Marvel-ish. Now, of course, this is outlandish, but just go along with it. Um, kind of a like some kind of team, ape, team up or something um, with a giant Lovecraftian threat that is approaching the multi-universe that will affect all the, uh, the different multiverses. Yeah. So, and of course, you know, the Doomslayer is the most powerful entity in all of it, and he's the only one who can truly walk the paths between dimensions. I'm sure you can find a way to retcon it to where, you know, they can meet up together or or whatnot. But I do think it's a possibility we could see something like that taking place just because there are so many connections that you can make between the games that are so easy to make. And then I do think at some point, at some point of time, they might have another Doom game in the future where the character does the trials of Maligog just like in Doom the Ancient Gods Part 1, but it's to awaken the Slayer, the savior of humanity, to stop the giant threat that's coming. Kind of like, for example, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the old Justice League, that's kind of shitty, but they had to awaken Superman because they couldn't take on uh, Wolf Steppenwolf alone. So that's kind of where my ideas were hidden from, especially now the fact Doom guys, the Doom Slayer's dead, and that kind of leaves the open universe for bigger threats to come. Now, of course, uh, you know, there's a big universe out there. That's not just these religious like gods and stuff. There's love crafting creatures and, you know, doom and the, um, in the older games, there's been connections where the doom guy is BJ Blasco, which is great, great, great grandson. Um, so they're connected through blood and that there have been other doom characters in, um, other quake games, um, such as, uh, Phobos, his name's Phobos, and another girl, I can't remember her name at the moment, I'm sorry. Um, but there has just always been like a history of connections going back for so long. I really think this could build to something in the future um, that could have everything connecting, because I'm pretty sure, you know, it kind of wanted to wrap up this story so they can make a new Quake game. And I think with that, you know, with Quake, there's so many possibilities. You could do, you could hypothetically do a Quake game that features all these characters in the main campaign to reawaken the Doom Slayer. I'm about I know it. it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy, but I, they are all connected. So I'm about it. I don't know. That's just my theory. Uh, that's the problem with theorycraft. It's probably never going to happen like that. But I think there's possibility for them for crossovers or for 
one of these well-known characters to revive the Doom Slayer in the future. But that's just me. Dude, I mean, altogether, my God, I'm yawning. Um, altogether, I think that sounds like it's very possible. I mean, I haven't played all the other games, but I mean, now I'm like more intrigued too. It's all, it's all about the little details, man. It's all about the little details. Um, and I'm sure there's other details as well, but yes, yes. So, I mean, that's kind of a, that's just kind of what I take away from all of it. So I don't think this is the last we see of Doom Guy, but for now, of course, for all intents and purposes, he is dead. He is put in the freezer for the future, kind of like Master Chief was at the end of Halo 3, so they can use him later. But, you know, real. more more permanent. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I know you uh, You do have a conclusion you do want to go over with kind of everything here. Yeah, so um, inclusion of all this, uh, Karin took. Karin took. <laughs> um, but that kinda, I think that kind of wraps up our uh, our coverage on Doom Eternal, the Ancient Gods Part 2 and Part 1 and all that fun stuff. Kind of a very Doom-centric episode because Doom is badass. <laughs> yeah, because why not? Um, but yeah, like always, we, uh, we appreciate you guys coming in, you know, taking your time listening to us. Uh, we do really appreciate it. Uh, we do want to keep doing these podcasts. Uh, usually when we say we're going to try to keep to a schedule, it gets messed up. So I'm not going to guarantee anything. (laughs) Yeah, but we will. I mean, I think this week is the, the, um, Halo Infinite news that's coming on Thursday. So do expect a video on that. Um, probably the road to infinite for Halo 2. Um, with that same day or we'll do if not we'll do something very halo related for all that absolutely um but like always thank you guys so much for for listening and if you have any questions questions please send it through uh the noble core dms or even the hashtag ask noble core we definitely like to review those uh we have a couple ideas coming up uh that we kind of want to try out so yeah i mean if you like us on twitter i'll uh i'll have tj handle that because he's mostly the twitter dude I'm the Twitter man. Yeah, we kind of want to do like a live podcast and everything. But if you're interested, you know, we are at Twitter at The Noble Core. Um, you can follow my handsome fellow right here at John the Chief 117. And then you can find my nerdy ass over at Infinite Grunt, where I am currently talking up the storm about Noom. So um, you can find us there. And if you did enjoy this, consider following and visiting informpixel.com, where uh, I come up with a se- several written pieces a week. And I am currently working on the review for Doom Eternal part uh the ancient gods part two so do expect that coming out in the next week as long as we can get it uploaded by then hell yeah and like always this has been the noble core podcast we'll see you guys next week thank you so much for listening and noble core out current talk current